Shop at Acme and redeem your rewards points for free grocery items or discounts on gas at participating Exxon or mobile stations. Download the Acme mobile app or visit acmemarkets.com. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. All right, today is Tuesday. It's the fourth day of April. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. With five weeks until the primary, the controversy is heating up in Philadelphia's mayoral race. The Philadelphia Board of Ethics is accusing a mayoral candidate of violating the city's campaign finance law. Candidates gathered on Monday night at the Latino Mayoral Forum in North Philadelphia. They addressed community issues, but also new allegations that candidate Jeff Brown illegally coordinated with a super PAC. The Philadelphia Board of Ethics is accusing a super PAC called for a better Philadelphia and a nonprofit of the same name of coordinating with Brown uh, to circumvent the city's annual contribution limits. Jeff Brown has been soliciting from individuals like Jeffrey Yes. We just talked about him yesterday. Yes. Yes. And the Susquehanna group that has been responsible for right-wing attacks on democracy and especially on public education, the Democratic candidate Helen Jim said. Brown is one of the top fundraisers in this crowded mayoral ticket. The ethics board alleged that Brown helps fundraise millions of dollars on behalf of For a Better Philadelphia, who have in turn made expenditures in support of Brown's candidacy within a year before the May 16th primary. Brown responded by saying he believes the other leading candidates raised money in similar ways. They're somewhat hypocritical because they've done the same things I've done, Brown said. I don't believe we did anything wrong, and I look forward to the court exonerating, and maybe they have to take a look at some of the other candidates, he said. The ethics board is asking the courts to issue an emergency order prohibiting the groups from spending money to influence the race by way of ads or other efforts and for them to pay civil monetary penalties. A hearing is scheduled for April 24th. A man is accused of drugging his 72-year-old mother with fentanyl, then driving her from Bucks County to Philadelphia where he allegedly shot and killed her. What? Unbelievable. It, yeah. This is an insane story. 28-year-old Sean Rivera is charged with criminal homicide, kidnapping, aggravated assault, and a slew of other offenses for the death of his mother, Carol Clark. Rivera lived with Clark in the 500 block of Berwyn Road in Morrisville, a section of Falls Township. According to the Bucks County District Attorney's Office, the investigation began with a reported domestic dispute between two brothers over the whereabouts of their mother. Detectives say Rivera called his brother in New York on Sunday morning to tell him their mother had died. When the brother arrived, Rivera would not tell him where uh, she was, investigators said. And I read a little more into that. He like told her that she died of a heart attack at the hospital, and then the brother called the hospital, and they were like, no, yep, he was never yep. here. Falls Township police were contacted and they put out a missing alert for Clark. Investigators swarmed the home and interviewed Rivera. Uh, the DA's office said detectives eventually concluded that Rivera diluted fentanyl in his mother's iced tea on Saturday night. She was left in a conscious but lethargic state, investigators say. Rivera then allegedly placed her in her vehicle and drove her to a shed outside of a behavioral center in the Frankfurt section of the city between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. on Sunday. Once there, investigators say Rivera used bolt cutters to cut off padlocks, placed his mother in inside and then shot her multiple times. This is a, probably an ignorant question, but I don't know what fentanyl does to you. Does it make you high? Does it, um, is it or does it make you lethargic yeah. and drunk? Uh, no, type I, mean, of, I don't know. Uh, it's it's an opiate. It's okay. like heroin or uh, so it would make you it would make you it really drowsy you and and depends on how much you take. Okay. Uh, no, I mean it's a. Uh, so it's not going to amp you up like an amphetamine. It, 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 yeah, it's going to slow your system down. And, I mean, it can kill you, too. So it's like, I'm incredibly potent. Is that what he was trying to do, and then she didn't die? And I, it he, seems that way, because yeah. his next step was to right. kill her. Yeah. And it can be That's ingested just, orally? Because like, he put it in her, her iced yeah. tea. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's powder. 
Okay, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. They, they, they had an issue. They were putting it in candy. Remember that was a, was it last summer? Oh, wow. They were finding it in some candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rivera then closed the shed and locked it with a padlock he purchased at a Home Depot in Falls Township. Detectives obtained search warrants for the home and vehicle. They allegedly found two guns, bolt cutters, a Home Depot receipt, a padlock, and an empty padlock package. Can you just, obviously, we're saying people are not meant to understand this, but killing your mother, matricide. I mean. Unbelievable. No. Clark's body was found in the shed at 1 a.m. on Monday. The shed was opened with a key obtained from Rivera, the DA's office said. Investigators did not disclose a possible motive for the killing. Sources indicated to 6ABC that there is a connection between the family and that location in Frankfurt, though the connection was not immediately clear. The latest warning from the FBI is to stop using public charging stations. These charging stations are found at airports, hotels, and shopping centers. Mm-hmm. While the stations may be convenient when your phone or electronic device needs a charge, they can be loaded with malware. The scam is known as juice jacking. When your phone or iPad needs juice or a charge, the FBI said if you plug your device into a public charging station that is loaded with malware, uh, it may lock your electronic device or send private information such as passwords, addresses, banking information, or even a full back above your phone to the criminals. So I do something similar. It's, it's jack juicing. It's a whole other process. <laughs> I was going to say juice jacking is a subcategory on Pornhub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you, uh, you use public gum? No. Yeah, from time to, if I'm at the airport or Seems something like that, and right? uh, if I need to, you know, uh, to to charge up before hitting yeah. the road, I might, you know, I might do it, but I don't do it regularly anywhere. You don't have your own cord with you? Yeah, no, I these, do. Oh, I thought these. Some were, of these have some, some of them. Cases. Yeah, some of them have. In this case, where they're talking about juice jacking, it can be a cord already attached to it. It doesn't have to be the case, though. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, okay. once in the wrong hand, scammers can use that information to access online accounts or sell it. Some ways to protect yourself from becoming a juice jacking victim. <laughs> <laughs> I was jacking all night. Yeah. <laughs> Do they, um, okay. Bring a portable But because char- of a medical condition, there's no... <laughs> No actual juice. Right. Bring a portable charger. <laughs> you had your prostate removed. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm, juice I'm, free, I'm just jacking. Yeah. Yeah. Juice free, jacking. I don't do that, Preston, at, <laughs> yeah. at airports. Yeah. Uh, okay, so here are the ways. So you can't do that here. <laughs> Bring a portable charger or external battery. Uh, carrying a charging only cable, which prevents data from sending or receiving while charging from a trusted supplier. Uh, never plug your device into cables already there. As authorities warn, in some cases, the criminals have left those cables to trick. You. Uh, besides juice jacking, remember to never use public Wi Fi. Is butt munching still stop, stop. No, You can still do that, but. Remember to never Squirting. use. Squirting. Don't do that in public either. That's okay. just not right. <laughs> Remember to never use public Wi-Fi networks in airports and busy areas, as that's another way for cyber criminals uh, to target you. I use the Wi-Fi all the time. Yeah, now. me too. Yeah. Well, uh, the public Wi-Fi at the airport. Yeah. yeah. And, and public the, charging stations. I just I find them what, convenient. They're talking about it an actual you physically connecting. No, yeah. I know, but yeah. but, but they also at the end here. Yeah, they said yeah, don't. Said. They said never use public Wi-Fi uh, networks. Like I, yeah, if I'm yeah. at the airport, I'm like, well, I do yeah. you know what I do? I just tether to my phone. Yeah. You tether to your phone. You're talking right. about if so, you're using your phone, though, uh, to connect to the Wi-Fi. I you're see talking what about you're computer, saying. Yeah. Right. Well, then, then I'll, I'll go. I'll just go on the cellular. Yeah. When they have yeah. um, like the the public Wi-Fi, like the Eagles games and stuff like that, it sucks. 
I'm like, yeah, what, a lot what of pla- is even the point? Yeah, because- a lot of places there's no there's no point in even connecting to it because right. it's terrible. And the connections are incredibly slow. Yeah, personally, what I'm talking about is using my phone as uh, a connection yeah, to the Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. No, they're just talking about your phone right. connecting onto right, right, public yeah. Wi-Fi. So I would use so. it for my iPad or something like that on my uh, computer. So. Mm-hmm. And like, if you've connected before, like when I go to the airport, it just automatically yeah. connects now Same. because I've yeah. connected. You've before, already done so. it before. Yeah. Actually, yeah. you're um, a jack and fool. My my son pointed out to me, um, and he turned the feature off on my phone because I didn't know how to do it because I'm an idiot. Um, many times you will automatically connect to Comcast home spots right. at, on your phone uh, automatically. So um, if you go into somebody's house and they have Comcast home internet system or home Wi-Fi, it will connect to that. If they haven't set a password? If, 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 yeah. Well, well, no, Steve, um, it'll say, do you want to join this wi- right, Wi-Fi right, network? Right, yeah. And so you have to decline it every time. However, you can turn that automatic connection right. off so that you stay on the cellular. Do you mind if I jack in your living room? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I wanted to ask you not to prolong this conversation any further, but do you have to worry about that with electric vehicles now, too? Because those uh, are all it'd smart be the same as thing. well. Yeah, yeah. What, if you're plugging your car in? Yeah. I mean, are they going to be able to jack those juice stations? Well, I have another <laughs> story later on about right. stealing that's going on really? within the electric car community. Wow. Yeah. Man. So, can I use anal beads in the Wawa parking lot oh, or not? My oh, wait. Are you in your car? Are yes. your windows tinted? No. No, then I wouldn't oh, advise right, right. that you do that. What? <laughs> Kathy, I mean, it's, a, it's an iPad uh, hack. Yeah, okay, yeah. all right. Anal beads it. is code for uh, an iPad If you're below the the window level, the window line, I think you're fine. It okay. It's right. the smart age. The Phillies easily beat the yeah. Miami Marlins 15-3 nice. last night wow. at the ballpark. They did it! They did it! Alec Bohm homered and tied a career high with six RBIs, and the Phillies beat up on Miami's Sandy Alcantara, the 2022 National League Cy Young Award winner with nine runs for the win. Cy Young Conkan. Brandon Marsh and Jake Cave also solo home, uh, added solo home runs, and the Phils had a total of 20 hits. The series continues tonight. Arenola will get the start. The first pitch is scheduled for 640. The Flyers, who lost seven games in a row, have only two games remaining in their season. Their last home game is tonight against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, the puck drops at 7 o'clock, and the Sixers continue to prepare for their first-round playoff matchup against the Brooklyn Nets. Game 1 is on Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock, and that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. Welcome to Tuesday morning. we got a lot going on today. MMR's Concert Cash Keyword. We're going to have that twice for you, an opportunity to win $1,000, and also tickets to the MMR Barbecue, which we announced the lineup and dates and on-sale information as of yesterday. You can go to WMMR.com and get all of that info, should you be interested, and I think you should be interested. We have a couple of guests joining us today, too. We are going to have May Pang on the program. Those of you who are well-versed in Beatles lore know that May Pang was John Lennon's companion uh, during an 18-month period where Yoko Ono pretty much set it up. Said, oh, John, yeah. you go be with her for a while. And then it, it, it uh, got away from Yoko. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we will. Uh, she's actually doing an appearance uh, this weekend, Saturday and Sunday at City Winery. Uh, and there's a documentary about the lost weekend and the photography of May Pang. So she's going to be on the program in the 8 o'clock hour today. And then we have actor Chris Davis, who's stopping by the studio this morning. 
He is playing playing George Foreman in Big George Foreman, the miraculous story of the once and future heavyweight champion of the world, which will be in theaters on the 28th. Doing some research for the the interview and everything, I I watched some of those bouts, Preston. Mm. Unbelievable. And his musicianship was incredible. Why why is that still? Okay, never mind. (laughs) But yeah, amazing to see him, especially on his comeback. Yes. You know, carrying all that extra weight, going into the ring, but still having it. Amazing. And at that moment in the ring, he had the epiphany for the George Foreman grill. That's it. Oh, How yeah. about that? Yeah. He no. walked off and said, write this down. Yeah. So, actually, Chris is going to be in our studio this morning around 9 o'clock. So, we got a lot of stuff to get to. Let's go ahead and take a break because we got a bunch to roll out as far as the entertainment report goes and the stupid question. Right when we get back, it's going to be a beautiful day today. So, stay with us, please. Is your phone an app hole? You know, full of useless apps taking up space. Well, get rid of them and get the WMMR app. You can listen to us wherever you go. Get important alerts and so much more. Because, after all, the world needs less apples. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. On on the web. PrestonandSteve.com You've been making better decisions for your busy family for years. And now, little by little, you're making decisions for yourself. Like snacking a little better, going a little further, sleeping a little deeper. Acme's here to make that journey easier and even more rewarding with their new Sincerely Health platform featuring nutrition plans, prescription reminders, and more. Sign up in the Acme mobile app to earn up to $25 in grocery rewards. Visit acmemarkets.com slash health for more details. Listen up, some amazing news from our friends at Window Nation. You can modernize and reinvest in your home today with new windows from Window Nation with their best deal. It's 0% interest for five full years. Plus, get two windows free with every two you buy. It's a double deal. You'll get more comfort, lower energy bills, higher home value, and jealous neighbors. All with impeccable construction and expert installation. Call today, 866-90NATION, or visit windownation.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We're going to ask a stupid question. We're going to give away a family four-pack of tickets to Adventure Aquarium. Uh-huh. question I have for you this morning is, who was the third person to walk on the moon? The third person to walk on the moon. 215-263-WMMR. Call if you know the answer. I'll mention some birthdays while we are awaiting that answer. Today is the 11th day. Of April, and we will begin with actor, dancer, star of Cabaret, and father of actress Jennifer Gray, Joel Gray. The great Joel Gray. Celebrates his 91st Whoa. birthday today. Uh, uh, great. Uh, I think he won the Academy Award for Cabaret, did he not? At least he was nominated. Not sure. Uh, he is in a movie I'm sure you're a fan of as I, as well, uh, Preston. Remo Williams, you remember oh that movie? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, yep. he, he plays like the old... Um, the master. Master, yeah, the yes. The Korean master yeah. teaches him the way, that's right. Uh, he is celebrating it, like I said, his 91st birthday today. Wow. Uh, Ethel Kennedy, ah. Robert Kennedy's widow, uh, and she turns 95 years old today. Those Kennedy wives were put through the ringer. Yeah, they were. They were put through the ringer. There's a lot going on there. Yep, so 95th today. Uh, Louise Lasser, who played Mary Hartman <laughs> on a weird little show called Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. It was great. Early it, 1970s. There was nothing like it. It yeah. was meant to be a parody of uh, soap operas, yeah. but done in the most bizarre way. And that actually got, got a show called Fernwood Tonight, which is where we first saw Martin Mull and yeah. um, 
God, his, his uh, I know who you're talking about. Fred uh, Willard. Fred Willard. Yeah. Very good. Yep. Uh, so Louise is 84 years old today. Uh, actor Vincent Gallo. Oh. Who was in Buffalo 66 and the Brown Bunny. He directed that, too. Is he the guy that received the, the, recipient. the Hummer Yeah, in that movie? From Chloe yeah. Svigny. Yep, and he turns 62 years old. Uh, actor Bill Irwin, who's one of these guys that uh, you need to see him to go, oh, yeah, that guy. Uh, he was in Igby's down, uh, Igby Goes Down, uh, The Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh, Casey, you may remember. Oh, I'm not sure how deep into Elmo and uh, uh, Sesame Street oh, you were, but he was he Mr. Mr. Noodles. Noodles. He was or- Mr. Noodle's brother, Mr. Noodle, I believe. Okay, so Mr. Noodle's then- brother was named Mr. Noodle's yep. as well. Well, he called it. There was Mr. Noodle. Yeah, and then there was Mr. Noodle's brother, Mr. Noodle. And he, uh, yeah. The first one passed away, right? <laughs> yes. Oh. Yeah, the, the guy that was on Evening Shade, that actor. And, oh, and he played. Yeah. He played in The Green Mile. Yes, he's the guy who finds Mr. Jingles, the mouse. Right, and they look alike, Bill Irwin and that other guy. No, no. One one is short with a mustache, the other one's tall and skinny. They, look, they both look like Mr. Noodle. Totally one of different. those guys was in My Blue Heaven. That's him. This is Bill Irwin. Yes. Okay. Oh, he did and the funny dancing. He yes. always danced <laughs> yes. in the music He's, he's a yeah. real um, physical character, but he also can play dramatic, straight, yeah, yeah. serious roles and stuff like that. But yeah, he was this cute little... Um, character on oh. Sesame Street that didn't have any dialogue at all. He just did. He just did pantomime stuff. Uh, but he turns seventy three years old today. Uh, the lovely Jennifer Esposito. Oh, she's a lovely, 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 lovely girl. girl. Lovely Married girl. to uh, Bradley Cooper for a brief period. Yes. Yeah, you're quite, quite correct on that. Day. <laughs> and she also appeared in that movie Taxi with uh, Jimmy Fallon. Oh, that was and horrible. Steve, she was also in The Boys. She was also in The Boys. Her head explodes. Yes. Uh, so all she... over The Boys. How did you uh, get here? Oh, back from heaven. Oh, hi. Well, I said she was a lovely girl, oh, and that's all it takes. Those are the words. Those are the words you it conjure yeah, yeah. Regis. It's like open sesame. Uh-huh. Yeah, lovely girl, lovely girl, Ooh. and Cusco. I want another. Be back in a second, Jesus. <laughs> and Cusco's will call him as well, exactly for whatever reason. And Rita. Rita, Rita Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, yes. And Rita Rudner, I thought you were going to... No, no, no. Rita Wilson. Gentle comedian. Uh, so Jennifer Esposito has <laughs> a big birthday today. She turns 50 years old. Uh, supermodel Alessandra Ambrosio. One of the biggies. 42. Is she the one in that... Uh, they did a commercial for NASCAR, and she was featured... Um, I don't know. I did not look her up, and it's one of those supermodel names that I don't recognize. Uh, The ranks of the supermodel has been blurred over the past decade or so. Yes. Well, they used to be bigger stars than they are now. I yes. Think, you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Uh, and when you have social the, media yeah. has pretty much changed that, and you don't look to magazine covers as much. I'm a supermodel. I, I don't know how that happened. I, and, yeah. and look at this. I'm a, we, I'm a wreck. We barely even know that. Uh, so she's 42 today. Uh, then the last birthday I saw, and Nick, pull up the birthdays on IMDb because I did not grab how old she is, but Millie Alcock, who plays Rhaenyra Targaryen, uh, House of the Dragon, she was the main star of the first, um, I think, two seasons, and then they aged her up and another actor. Are you around. watching House of the Dragon now? Yeah, it's really, it's good. Are you up to, up to the most recent episodes? Yeah, I finished it off. How uh, does it compare to Game of Thrones? Um, n- not as great as Game of Thrones, but still pretty damn good. Yes. Um, and it's a li- it gets a little confusing because it takes some jumps in time, and they switch up actors, and you kind of lose track of, okay, who is that person playing again? <laughs> so you... And wait a minute, they've had an affair for years, and they didn't even touch on that until now? It's really It, was, it got a little confusing. So you know what's funny is Amazon has sort of come out and said that they're the, the most expensive television show ever, Rings of Power, 
which is what their their Tolkien series they say really took a dent because House of the Dragon came out at the same time uh, and was really good. Yeah, I like it a yeah. lot. Uh, Game of Thrones just had a little bit more, I don't know, something to it. It was it was the newer at the time, but I, I'm glad I've, I've watched this, and, and we'll definitely watch it when they continue on. So she's 23 today, Millie Alcock. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question. Who is the third person uh, to walk on the moon? 215-263-WMMR is the number, and we will go to... I got two Nancys here. Who was the first Nancy in? Uh, it's Nancy P., so I'm going to go to her. Hi there, Nancy. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful, Nancy. Okay, so who's the third person to walk on the moon? Pete Conrad. Pete Conrad. Yeah. Is Conrad. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on a second, Nancy. Got yourself a family four-pack of tickets to Adventure Aquarium. Discover 65 tons of beach. And check out the supersized sand sculptures that have taken over Adventure Aquarium, but it's only for a limited time. You can get tickets and info at AdventureAquarium.com. I want to see that. Yes, absolutely. I love the giant sculptures. Yes. Yes. All right, so uh, on Easter Sunday, Hillary Swank took to Instagram to announce that she has welcomed her twins to the world. Uh, The million-dollar baby actress shared a photo of herself holding the two babies in her arms as she stood in a bathrobe and looked out at a beautiful sunset. I am so sore. She said, it wasn't easy, but boy and girl, was it worth it, uh, she captioned. And happy Easter, she wrote, posting from pure heaven. She had the babies? She did, right? Mm -hmm. She's almost 50. She was pregnant throughout the series, right? She does a series in Alaska. Yeah, wasn't she? I believe so. I thought that was part of the deal. Hold on, uh, let's look up. Yeah, she's 48. I, I, I didn't get, okay. The show was uh, Alaska Daily, and yes, she was pregnant during it. There wow. we go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Swank married Philip Schneider in 2018 and announced that uh, she was pregnant with twins in October of 2022. <laughs> At the time, uh, the actress also shared that uh, she was due on her late father's birthday. So, congratulations. So, uh, statistically now, I wonder how many women... You know, it used to be sort of like a, a riskier proposition. Sure. How many women now are in their forties, yeah. early fifties, having well, kids? So, um, I, I I talked. To, I have a friend who's um, a fertility doctor, and so she said it's not about carrying the baby so much as that it, it's producing the eggs and oh. having oh. them. So if if she did, if she did, if she has twins, and she did, you know, some sort of IVF, um, carrying them isn't really. Oh, okay. That's what I, th- okay. I thought that was part of it. But I guess, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. You know, if they're placing the healthy eggs in yeah, there yeah, yeah. and, you know, kind of uh, <laughs> doing that part of it, then uh, I guess you're okay. It's funny. I have a friend, Kathy, as well, and uh, she just got pregnant this week with a baby boy. And um, they were doing IVF. They did IVF with their first child as well. And um, a lot of it is known in advance. They knew that it was going to be a boy. That it's uh, the embryo is already like uh, five or six weeks old. Um, the process it's wild. It, it's it's just different. And, and God bless it because it, it works for them. And they're going to have two healthy kids as a result. But it is different than um, it used to be. Well, yeah. and the genetic testing too. Like yeah. I mean, they know, they know everything. So much. Yeah. Your child's going to be very stupid. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, if you've never seen the movie Gattaca, oh, yeah. we're, we're like That's this, it. We're this close to it. Babies on demand. Yeah. Customized babies. Yep. Uh, in a recent interview with Stellar Magazine, Jennifer Garner admitted that she does not enjoy reading stories about herself or Ben Affleck. She huh. said, I really work hard not to see either of us in the press. Uh, she did. It doesn't make me feel good, even if, something, uh, if it's something nice about one of us. I just try to forget... That I'm out there in any way, and the same with anyone I love. I don't need to see anyone in my family made into a meme. 
Uh, and, uh, of course, Ben became a meme on multiple occasions. Uh, most recently, he went viral for looking miserable at this year's Grammys with... Uh, uh, with Jennifer Lopez, and uh, the alias actress said, though, although I'm sure he's quite meme-worthy, yes. I'd like to apologize <laughs> to Jennifer Garner and her pool boy, Ben Affleck, for incorporating them into my fantasy life. My fantasy. I apologize to anyone who's been offended by my fictional creations, Chris Agon, <laughs> the philosopher of evil, and the skull sealer. I'd love to have been there when he delivered that address. Me too. Uh, well, we are actually not aware of the skull sealer. Uh, our friend Charlie Day spoke with uh, Willie Geist on Sunday about his directorial debut in Fool's Paradise. And the film is expected to reach theaters on May 12th. He said, my biggest regret is that uh, Ray, meaning Ray Liotta, yes. is not going to get to see the audience see him. Uh, Liotta plays a powerful Hollywood executive in the movie, within a movie, which also stars Ken Jeong, uh, Kate Beckinsale, Jason Sudeikis, Edie Falco, and John Malkovich. Did this go undergo, undergo a title change? I believe so. It was El Tonto, right? Right. That's that's what I originally remember it being called. Yeah, and okay. It, I think it's been on the shelf for a while. It has. Years. Okay. So he yeah. said Ray would text me every three months saying, hey, man, what's going on with Aww. the movie we did? And when is it getting out? And I would say, Ray, I'm sorry. I'm stuck back doing It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I have to deliver this season. And as soon as I wrap, uh, I'm going to get back to into the editing room so everything's on hold. Uh, but he added that Leota was uh, a really driven, committed, serious about his craft guy. And I feel lucky that he's in the movie. So it's coming out May 12th. Uh, so hopefully we can talk to Charlie in the near future. Ray Liotta is so perfect in Goodfellas. You know, that that performance, that was one of his first performances. Uh, you know, you can't think of that character as being played by anybody else. But has anyone seen Cocaine Bear? That was his not last yet. screen appearance. Okay. No, don't, I have not seen it. Uh, on Sunday, Kathy Griffin shared a photo of herself at the hospital. She wrote, uh, Happy Easter, getting an MRI. She captioned that, post that. Uh, the comedian could be seen wrapped in a blanket. She sat in a chair with a mask on. Uh, this comes two years after she shared that she was battling stage one lung cancer. Uh, Sharon Stone, who had a fibroid tumor removed last year, commented, got mine last week. So I don't know if it's a checkup, if it has to do with that or not. Yeah, I believe it does. Uh, according to Entertainment Tonight, Chloe Kardashian shared support for the father of her two children, Tristan Thompson, when it was announced on Sunday that he officially signed with the L.A. Lakers, uh, the Kardashian star liked to post. Oh, my God. We're very happy for you. That shared the news. <laughs> it comes after a source told the other that Thompson still loves Chloe. I love you too. Uh, Tristan still loves Chloe and would love to be with her again. The source said he's doing whatever he can to try to prove himself to Chloe and the family. I bet she's thinking about it. I bet you she's that dumb. Getting back yeah, together. Yeah. Twice, but got burned twice. Yeah. And I think it was tub girls in both situations. Was it? Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. You know those tub girls. All right, this sounds uh, interesting. After apologizing to the Bahamas ahead of a recent treasure hunting scheme, Firefest ma uh, mastermind Billy McFarland has some seemingly inevitable news for us all that Fire Festival 2 is in the oh, world. All right. Did okay. you watch either of those doctors, Preston? <laughs> nah. I watched so both good. of them. I, I should. <laughs> Nick, you, you, you back me up on this. Preston, there is a scene in, the, in one of the documentaries. I think it's the... Which one is the less flattering, Nick? Is I, it, I, honestly, they, they blur. Is it the Hula one? Uh, anyway, I mean, the, this festival is just days away. 
There is no infrastructure built. <laughs> no. There are no tents built. There's no stage built. And he's on a jet ski riding around, and his bar guy who's handling all the booze or potentially the booze acquisition says, aren't you worried <laughs> in the slightest? Not a problem. No care in the world. Yeah, and he seems fairly self-delusional in, in a lot of uh. it. And, um, but there's a part of you that, like, doesn't hate him. He's trying to put on something that legitimately would be awesome for so many people. The thing is, he's completely inept. Right. And there's an idea there that seems like it has weight and merit, uh, but he just is an idiot. (laughs) Well, they they show him a a character of him in that uh, Inventing Anna uh, series, and she's the same way. This this person, fake it till you make it. Yeah, and that's it. And just lie, 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 and I'll worry about it Fake it till you make it is perfect. That's exactly what he is. Um, So McFarlane announced the sequel to the disaster of a music festival (laughs) that kind of sort of took place in 2017 in a tweet yesterday. Uh, Less in the form of a teaser and more in the form of an outright confirmation. In his tweet, he stated that Fire Festival 2 is happening. All right. Okay. While asking those who... If you enjoyed number one. While asking those who read his tweet to pitch why they should be invited. Uh, Details are scant past that with a timeline for the festival and whether or not any musical guests are interested interested in attaching their names to it are currently (laughs) unclear. They end up... The location for it is this former Air Force base, I think, where the ground is all gravel and it's right off a cliff on one side. It's horrible. By the way, McFarland emerged from his uh, public publicity hidey hole last year to apologize to the Bahamas <laughs> ahead of a treasure hunt referred to as Pirate, P-Y-R-T, in which he announced that he would be hiding 99 bottles across the globe, and each bottle will have its own set of clues and treasure that hunters can find. In response, uh, Aviation Chester Cooper, Bahamas Minister of Tori- Tourism, said that the country, quote, will not endorse or approve any event in the Bahamas associated with McFarland and that he is considered to be a fugitive. Oh, <laughs> well, that wow. doesn't seem like they're working no, together. That doesn't sit well at all. Uh, it was sad to see this story this morning. Uh, the award-winning Mad Magazine cartoonist Al Jaffe has died. He was 102 years old. So- where the uh, you and I are the only? Uh, did you guys read Mad Magazine? Yeah, wow, yeah. Did, did you? Yeah. yeah, love Mad Magazine. The only thing I would do is when I would go to Acme, I would go find the Mad Magazine. I would take the back cover, fold it in to see what the picture looked like. Yep. Casey, that's, that's what exactly what Al Jaffe did. That then was I his job. Him. Yeah, a uh, few of the magazines self build usual gang of idiots contributed as much as Jaffe for decades. Uh, virtually every issue featured on new uh, featured new material by Jaffe. He's collected. Fold-ins yeah. was enough for a four-volume box set published in 2011. Uh, the premise originally, a spoof of the old Sports Illustrated and Playboy magazine fold-outs, was that you started with a full-page drawing and a question on the top. You folded uh, two designated points toward the middle, and it produced a new and surprising image along with the answer uh, to the question. Loved them. Uh, the fold-in was supposed to be a one-time gag. Tried out in 1964 when Jaffe satirized the biggest celebrity news at the time, which was Elizabeth Taylor dumping her husband, uh, Eddie Fisher, in favor of Cleopatra co-star Richard Burton. So 
Jeffy first showed Taylor and Burton arm in arm on one side of the picture, and on the opposite side, a young man, handsome man being held back by a policeman. You fold the picture in, and Taylor and the young man are kissing. <laughs> the idea was so popular that uh, mad editor Al Fe- uh, Feldstein wanted a follow-up, and Jaffe devised a picture of 1964 GOP presidential contenders Nelson Rockefeller and Barry Goldwater that, when fo- collapsed, became an image of Richard Nixon. Uh, he was also known for snappy answers to stupid questions. Which I loved. Which delivered exactly what the title promised. So he was a writer as well, yeah, oh not yeah. just a... A, a, um, a ton uh, of stuff. Uh, an illustrator. Uh, he did not just satirize the culture, he helped change it. His parodies of advertisements included such future real-life products as automatic redialing for a telephone, Mm -hmm. a computer spell checker, and graffiti-proof surfaces. So he came up with that stuff before it was ever invented. Man Magazine is one of those magazines where I remember exactly who introduced me to it. It was Justin Uberti, and there was a a little bit of naughtiness attached to Man Magazine, and I was like... You know, probably twelve or thirteen the first when I started reading it, and it was one of those things where I go, "Oh, this is a. I don't know if I'm supposed to have this or not." <laughs> My progression was and so Preston, the competitor to to Mad came later was Cracked magazine. So yes, it was Mad and Cracked. I would get both. Mad was I love the movie parodies amongst other things, and then at a certain point you would progress over to. National Lampoon, yeah, which was the you know college Real adult version yeah, of it, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it, it was the first uh, magazine subscription I ever had. Yeah. It was Mad Magazine, and I just absolutely loved There's, it. There was something joyous to, I like, Famous Monsters of Filmland. I used to get Starlog. Uh, these are subscri- uh, subscriptions I had. Uh, Argosy and um, Heavy Metal. Remember Heavy Metal magazine? I remember Heavy yeah. Metal, yeah. That was naughty, too. That was naughty. boobs. Yeah. That boobs. <laughs> uh, by the way, Jaffe's admirers range from Charles M. Schultz of Peanuts fame to Farside creator Gary Larson to John Stewart and Stephen Colbert, who marked Jaffe's 85th birthday by featuring a fold-in cake on the Colbert Report. <laughs> Uh, he received numerous awards, and in 2013 was inducted into the Will Eisner Hall of Fame, uh, the ceremony taking place at San Diego Comic-Con International. But what a life, 102 God. years old. Yeah, good and, for And what a talent, and so much great, uh, you know, entertainment for years and years and years. So uh, sad to see him go, but he lived a hell of a life. Uh, another passing, Entertainment Tonight reports that as the world turns star, Elizabeth Hubbard passed away over the weekend. She was 89 years old. Her you son. F- familiar with her, Kathy? Were you not as the world turns? Uh, no, that was not me. Was that you, Preston? No. Uh, it was uh, all my children okay. in the general hospital. I, I was guiding all my children. I was all, yeah. my, all children. my kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, all my kids. That's what we call it, yeah. Uh, Jeremy D. Bennett shared the news Monday via Facebook saying, I'm sorry to say with a broken heart, my, my mum passed away over the weekend, he wrote. Uh, thank you for being an unmovable rock that guided me through my life in honor of your memory for as long as I live. Love and prayers. Uh, Hubbard's cause of death was not yet known. Martha Byrne, who starred as Hubbard's daughter on As the World Turns, uh, took to Instagram on Monday to honor the late actress. In addition to that show, she also had roles on The Doctors, Hope and Faith, Center Stage, and Ordinary People. Her daughter posted a touching message on Instagram that said, New Jersey Black Rock. Oh, wow. oh. Yeah. Wow. It was just never forget. <laughs> what an honor. What an honor. <laughs> uh, I was happy to see this. Deadline reports that a Stranger Things animated series oh. is in the works at Netflix. Uh, Stranger Things co-creators, uh, Matt and Ross Duffer, told the outlet, uh, we're always, we've always dreamed of an animated Stranger Things in the vein of the Saturday morning cartoons that we grew up loving. 
And to see this dream realized has been absolutely thrilling. We couldn't be more blown away by what Eric Robles and his team have come up with. The scripts and artwork are incredible, and we can't wait to share more with you. The adventure continues. The question will be, does it does it weave completely into the live-action storyline, or yeah. is it a secondary story? Yeah. I'm very curious. Very little information available on that as of now, but I, I hope they I hope they keep it... Um, you know, I, I hope they don't go Scooby Doo on it. Right? Look, yeah, look too goofy. No, I, I, that's my my fear is that they do maybe something a little bit more anime. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. So we shall see what ends up happening with that. Uh, I have some Bachelorette news. Ooh, okay. So let me see what I got here. Um, I love you. According to E News, <laughs> I love you too. Uh, according to E! News, the rumor mill is going when it comes to former Bachelorette Taisha Adams and Summer House star Luke Goldbranson dating. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I love me. Okay. On Sunday... I love you, vagina. Uh, Katie Joy... Uh, what? Wait, Katie Joy Thiel Verruti? Are you just saying names? No, I, just, I, think, I think I'm just saying sounds at that <laughs> point. <laughs> Katie Joy Thiel Verruti... Shared a group photo for Rudy very much. to her Instagram page showing the two reality stars Young Kong Kong. holding <laughs> holding hands. Have we have we kicked around the idea of Nell being Nell's the bachelorette? The bachelorette? Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, she, she she instead of giving you a rose, she pees in your hand. No. When I first met you, I knew I was going to fall hard. You have to step forward with your hands cupped together. I don't know if I want to win that. If she pees in your hand, you get to stay. That means whoever wins gets peed on the most. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right, so anyhow, uh, yeah, they, these two may be a couple. I don't know. When you eat that raccoon in the back of the van, uh, I ta- feel hard for you. Taisha Adams and Luke uh, Goldbranson. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. There's hope for us all, folks. Uh, I skipped a couple things. Let me go back to, I get to, all right, she died, he died. There's been a lot uh, of deaths. Yes. Yeah, a lot of people die. Ah, okay, here we go. Um, Rosanda Chili Thomas. Uh, didn't hold back when it came to her romance with Matthew Lawrence while speaking with oh. Page Six at Variety's Power of Women luncheon recently. Oh, uh, it's Chili. Yeah, yeah, yeah Chili from yeah. TLC. What's her first name? Rose, uh, Rosanda. Her name is Rosanda Thomas. I actually, <laughs> I did a little research on TLC recently because when I was um, in Top Forty Radio, TLC was huge, yeah. gigantic. I actually went to see them a couple times. There was really good shows. Um, and so uh, I, I kind of liked him. And uh, there's a there's a Lisa Left Eye Lopez uh, documentary that's coming out. Oh, so I went back and just dug a little around uh, a little bit around uh, their names. I never realized why they got their nicknames. No, neither T-Bos, did I. Yeah. Left Eye and Chili. Yeah, yeah. And it had to do with the fact that a couple of them were in a band previously that was called TLC. And the uh, it was because of the the uh, the group members' names started with those letters. Oh, I believe so. Oh, okay. And so Thomas. when they, when they brought uh, Chili on board, when they brought Rosanda Thomas on board, they needed a C, and so they just made up a nickname for her. They made up the nickname Chili. That's oh, where it came from. It was, just, it was literally just made up. All right, what's your favorite TLC song? 
Waterfalls. Uh, I mean, waterfalls. Waterfalls, right? Awesome. Yeah. 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 You're not even talking if you're not talking water. Come on, man. Yeah, my uh, fraternity brother, Jay, uh, he listens to the show. He uh, he watched uh, Andre Risen's house burn to the ground. Really? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. Because he, he lived right across the street from him. They no just kidding. In uh, Georgia. Yeah. They so just they, referred, did they refer to that in Ted Lasso? I think they did with the, the the burning down of the house. Like Maybe. that was that, that's a goat move. So she had, uh, and I read a little bit about that too. She had apparently he was kind of like abusing her. Yeah, he was abusive mm-hmm. to her, oh. and she got really pissed off and took his shoes, his sneakers, and put them in a bathtub and lit them on fire. That's yeah. what happened. And then it got away. And yeah, she didn't try to burn the house. The down. house burned down. <laughs> it was a big ass house. Yeah, too, man. But if you, she is, she stands now as the symbol for a woman wronged in a yeah. relationship. Yeah. yeah. Then she was killed in a bizarre car accident I know, in South yeah. America. It was really yeah, weird. Honduras. Yeah. It was in Honduras? I, th- I believe so. Yeah, because I, I just remember that happened like right before, I think it was in uh, Tortola, and I, you know, because they, the basically the van that she was in just it was Abu Dhabi. It was it? <laughs> no, um, but anyway, I just remember driving through these these tiny little island streets, and I just couldn't, kept thinking of Lisa Left Eye Lopez. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's uh, yeah. it ain't safe. Mm-hmm. All right, and, and in fact, oh, I don't want to go it's on. It's a and brutal on. death, though. I mean, she, yeah, yeah. Well, Casey was Honduras. She swerved to avoid a truck, then sharply to the left. Uh, tried to avoid an oncoming car, and then the vehicle rolled over several yep. times and then hit several trees. Jeez. And like a couple of years before, she, there was she was in a car where a kid was killed. Also in Honduras. In Honduras. It yeah. stepped out in the middle of the road. Don't really weird. go to Honduras. Probably a good go idea. Abu Dhabi. Uh, or Abu Dhabi? <laughs> yeah, well, go there. Yeah. Okay. yeah. They appreciate the Flintstones. All right. So Matthew Lawrence and... Uh, yeah, let's go back to this. Yes. Right. So, and he's the guy from Abington who's Joey Lawrence's brother. That is yes. correct. So, uh, and so she is, uh, she didn't hold back when it came to her romance with him. She said, I'm here with him because I want to be, and he wants to be. We're just so happy. We, we assume that. We really are. Uh, the singer added, I honestly didn't think that I would experience what I'm experiencing now, experiencing now and I was okay with that. She, uh, she was always, the, I think, the... the well, my I thought she was the cutest of the collective. She's yes. the one I had the biggest crush on, right? Yeah. So, and uh, and uh, that's my favorite Lawrence brother. Uh, is that your favorite Lawrence <laughs> brother? And he was in uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes, and he Boy, was Boy Meets World, the son and Boy Meets. Yeah. World. Okay. All right, glad we're all up to speed. <laughs> got to know, know where you stand on the Lawrence family. That's what we do here. All right, so Donkey Kong is one of uh, Nintendo's earliest villains, but now he takes on the role of a good guy. In the Super Mario Brothers movie, and here, Seth Rogen discusses his experience of being pitched the role. With animated movies, honestly, often you're rarely even given like a full script for some reason. I don't know why, because there always is one. They just don't give it to the actors. And I've made them, and they're like, should we give the actors the script? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, we don't usually do this. I'm like, just give it to them. Well, I don't get... Uh, Super Mario Brothers movie is in theaters now. And it's killing at the box office. It is. Air follows the story of the iconic sneaker and its journey from an idea to a multi-billion dollar business. And in this clip, director Ben Affleck talks about the film right now. I think it's important to point out that this is not... Particularly given that one of the themes of both the movie and the company that Matt and I started, it really kind of centers around appropriately compensating people for what they do, for their contribution and valuing them that this is not the Michael Jordan story. He's, in fact, not even in the movie. Uh, For one thing, I thought it would be too difficult to get the audience to believe that anyone other than Michael Jordan was actually Michael Jordan. I'd like to apologize (laughs) to Jennifer Garner and her pool boy, Ben Affleck, for incorporating them into my fantasy life. 
<laughs> Air is available in theaters everywhere now. I thought it was hilarious. I was watching an interview with Matt Damon, uh, Preston, and he, it's, when people, I forget who the interviewer was, I said, when they call out to you, what do they usually say when you're like in a, an airport? And he goes, Matt Damon. Oh, really? from Team America. And he oh, started laughing. He gets that all the time. I love it. All right, there you go. Your entertainment report for this Tuesday morning, April 11th. Welcome to the program. If you're just joining us, we have a lot happening today. We have uh, Contra Cash, the keyword, two times today. Your opportunity to win $1,000 and tickets to the MMRBQ, which we announced a lineup of yesterday, an on-sale date and all that stuff. By the way, tickets go on sale this Friday. But all the information is available at WMMR.com. We're going to do it five times total today. We get the first two at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m., so listen up for your chance to win. We're also going to have an Chris Davis, who is playing George Foreman in the George Foreman biopic, which is coming out on the 28th. He'll be here in our studio around 9 o'clock. And we also have, if you're a John Lennon or Beatles fan, uh, May Pang will be on the program. Yeah, I, again, I watched that documentary about the whole experience and the time she spent with John Lennon. I yeah. thought I knew just about everything. There's a ton of stuff I didn't yeah. know. So they were they were companions. Yeah. They were lovers for a while. And uh, she's going to be at City Winery uh, this weekend, so we'll talk to her in the 8 o'clock hour. Let's take a break and come back in a second, so make sure you stay with us. A lot happening. Oh, and it's Tuesday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Text word tattoo to 39333. Three. <laughs> Could win a Preston Steve tattoo from our friends at Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. We'll be right back. 93.3 WMMR presents Concert Cash. Your shot to win $1,000 cash five times a day. Plus, tickets to MMRBQ this September. Weekdays at 8 a.m., 10 and noon. Then 3 and 5 p.m. Listen for the Concert Cash ticket window. Get the keyword. Enter it at WMMR.com or on the MMR app. You can also text it to 45911. Each winner from MMR gets a grand in cash. And two tickets to MMRBQ in September. See official rules at WMMR.com. It's Concert Cash. Sponsored by Meineke. Tires, brakes, batteries, and more. Doing car care right. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Uh, earlier this morning, Kathy had a story in the news uh, I think needs to be reiterated for people because the FBI has warned consumers against using free public charging stations. Yeah. Saying that uh, thieves are uh, hijacking uh, public chargers and can infect devices with malware or software that can give hackers access to your phone or your tablet or your computer, whatever you plug in. Juice jacking, uh, right? Charger. Yes. They call it juice jacking. I mean, they got wrong one. Which one were you going for? Why <laughs> should be right here? Something like about it. jacking it, probably. Yeah. yeah, I'll get back to you on that one. Okay. Uh, so they said that bad actors have figured out ways to use public USB ports to introduce malware and monitoring software onto devices. So I've always been leery of, um, uh, you know, stuff like this and going on a, um, a public Wi-Fi, like free Wi-Fi. Uh, not initially, I'd say, oh, this is great that they have it, but then stories start like to start to come out. Like if you're like at a Panera or whatever, and they had their own Wi-Fi thing, now they say it's problematic because of stuff like this. People gaining access to your computer and putting in malware and taking control, holding your computer ransom. So just using Wi-Fi networks? Yeah, yeah, they can gain access. A public, a public Wi-Fi uh, setup, like in a cafe or something, can be problematic. How how widespread is that? I haven't heard anything about that. Yes. I mean the the what they're saying the alert was like and don't forget don't ever 
you know, log on to a public Wi-Fi. So I, I get mean, admonished for doing it. My, my fiance says, don't do that because of this reason. I think and it's so, one of the modules we had, mm-hmm. Nick, for our security thing. I think you're right. And, and <laughs> there are so many precautions, Steve, that need to be taken. Sometimes I feel like if I'm going to be taken advantage of, it's going to happen. And I, I can try to prevent it as best as I possibly can. But there are only so many oh, no, you're right. conveniences if, that I can ignore. If someone is committed to doing it, they will do it. However, like I, I, I don't ever use... Um, a free, um, uh, you know, a free offer of Wi-Fi. If there's a log-on step, though, like on a, like I did, actually, I can't say that I used it on the jet when we were flying down to uh, Miami. You had to pay for that, but that's you, not you pay free. For, I know, yeah, I know. So, so I assume that that's a level. Am I wrongly assuming that's a level of protection? Well, I hope so, because how the hell else can you watch porn at a hotel if you don't uh, yeah. sign on to their uh, their Wi-Fi? I don't know. That's the is... only place that I do that. That's like, the only place. Yeah, yeah. and I no, um... you don't do that at home. No, no, no. That's I, where cause... your kids are. That's no, no, no. You that... jack your juice there. No, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, no, I'm saying that's the only place that I uh, access the quote unquote free Wi-Fi. Oh, although I am sorry. paying for it if you're paying for the hotel room, but. Um, no, a lot of times when I leave here, when I leave work and when I leave my house, I turn my Wi-Fi off okay. because uh, I think the cell service kind of gets a little wonky because your phone doesn't know if it wants to use cellular or that's a good Wi-Fi. Point. Yeah, so it, I, yeah. Yes, a lot of times, and, and that's, that's a very good point, Case. A lot of times the jockeying between whether your phone is selecting Wi-Fi and or the cell signal mm-hmm. uh, can cause it to seem to operate slower. Yeah. So if you just shut one off... <laughs> You'll be, you can work better. You know where that happened for all of us was when we left the airport in Orlando. I, oh. I had to switch off from Wi-Fi back on a cell phone because none of us could get service for whatever reason right now. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and so it was it was jockeying back and forth between cell phone and, and Wi-Fi. Um, Casey, when it comes to the hotel, um, you know, for example, when you stay in a Marriott or whatever, and it asks you to uh, join and there's like this Bonvoy connection, which yeah. is, I guess, their, their network. Yes. Doesn't that seem like... That's a little bit of an extra layer of protection. It, yeah. For me, it does. Okay. I don't, but, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I also, it, all of that stuff's a well above my pay grade. Yeah. So, I, but, I, I'm, I just remain suspect of a lot of it. Yeah. But, I, but there are some things that I'm like, at a certain point, we all, like, I remember years ago, there is no way I'm ever going to put anything on the cloud. Uh-huh. It seems too rich. And now, look at, you know, at a certain yeah. point, it becomes an impedance yeah. to not be doing it. Yeah, you need the space. You need exactly. Space space. You don't have, uh, you know. It's for my porn. For all of that porn. I have tons of porn pictures. Oh, my God. Uh, by the way, uh, so they recommend carrying your own charger and USB cord. I do. And use an electrical outlet instead. Oh, then I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, so you can then, use an electrical outlet. Yes. Also, if you have Wi-Fi at your home, I don't know who doesn't have uh, this pro- not no. protected. No, no, no. But, like, do you know anybody that has, like... Their Wi-Fi at home is free. Like, if you were to just go into their house, you don't no. even need a password or anything like that. I have two Wi-Fi accounts, and, and I, I have a guest Wi-Fi account, and I have oh. our regular. So, so if someone comes smart. in, we can give them the guest account. So, uh, And then what we do is we put uh, malware on their devices, yeah. right? and I download their porn. Right. Yeah. No, because I told usually it's a different It's a different kind of porn that they have. The world is a smorgasbord. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I told you guys this story. That there is a Megan's Lister in my neighborhood, and uh, and I just thought it was weird because he, he also drives a... Uh, a pretty recognizable car. Does it say uh, proud to be on Megan's list? No, no. But like, I saw him like kind of like going around my neighborhood at one point, and I'm like, what the freak is this guy doing? Right. So like, I'm literally in my driveway. I'm watching him, and he's just like, he's just driving like around and parking here, 
parking there, going around the corner here, this blah, blah, a, blah. This is a... Um, Guys who's on Megan's list, and he lives in my neighborhood. Megan's list is... The the, child, uh, or, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a sexual predator list. Sexual predator, thank you. Oh, by the so, way, just, just a side thing, yeah. quickly, Casey. I finished the Jared... Mm. Oh, documentary. I watched it. Too. Oh, my God. I don't want to watch uh, it. Yeah. But anyway, um, long story short, I, I thought it was weird. But then I talked to my friend who's a detective, and he deals with this sort of stuff. He goes, dude, he was probably driving around the neighborhood looking for free Wi-Fi to do, th- you wow. know, bad things with. Because wow. That's he's under such scrutiny yeah. that he can't do it on his own home Wi-Fi. Okay. That's, wow. That has happened where people have had uh, their their accounts hacked and people have downloaded child porn. And now yeah. that's also an excuse for someone who might have been. But, sure. but still. Honestly, it wasn't me. Leave, yeah, leave, leave the protection up that way. Yeah. You know what I get? Because I, I have LifeLock. I get constant um, uh, updates and alerts about people who are on Megan's list in the neighborhood. And we're, we're in a pretty good neighborhood. Yeah. I got a really nice promotional item. Um, I, I use a painting service, and I'm going to give them a plug. It's first place painting. And they sent me and, and all of their customers this charging device right. as a Christmas present. And um, I use it all the time. And so, like, if I'm in the airport and I don't want to use the public charging station or whatever, I got one of these bad boys. And I, I charge it, like, here overnight or whatever. And then it charges my phone. It, it even charges my, you know, yeah. uh, iPad or, or computer or whatever. It's a great thing to carry around. And so now... It keeps you off the public... Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, anything, anywhere there's a potential, anywhere where they're going to... You know, something comes out and it's the new big security thing. Now it's, the, you know, the tapping the uh, the credit card and, and so yeah. on and so forth. And they figure out how to break that. And so you're always co- sort of, you know, trying to be two steps ahead of those people. Mm-hmm. Hang on. I have uh, John who works in IT on the phone. Hi, John. Morning. Good morning, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, bud. What's up? Uh, so I work in IT. And one thing that most people don't think to change when they are uh, talking about even their home Wi-Fi is their default setting password. On the router. So your router comes with a password on the box itself. And if you don't change that, that's a typically very easy bypass mm. for, you know, the right people if they want to do anything malicious to your computers, okay. even on your home network. Um, so you're saying that, that, that the, the, the Wi-Fi itself, there's sort of a, 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 a portal that someone who's perhaps maybe doing service on your equipment would be able to access. Oh, and not even. Like, I, I think I heard somebody talking about somebody that was driving around neighborhood, the right. neighborhood and, like, stopping it. Different yeah. spots. That person could be using like a, a Wireshark to get the Wi-Fi networks, and then if you're just using your default router box, those those boxes they have the passwords pre-printed on them, and they're pretty much very generic, well, very just easily ex- bypassed, d- and can very easily be just hacked into, and then they are in your personal network. Well, just explain, John, specifically how would one avoid that? What what should you look for to make sure you have this type of scenario, and how can you avoid having it be co-opted? Uh, so you can sign into your router, um, usually with your uh, your Verizon account or, or you know whatever your uh, Xfinity usually for yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. Whatever whatever wireless provider you have, if you go into that and go into like the admin account, the password is usually admin. Um, and then you just go in and change your your router password. Put you put in the password that's on the box itself, mm-hmm. and then change that to whatever you want. Well, John, okay. let me ask you, John, because I don't know what I have, uh, but I know that our password was actually it's it was chosen by our provider when we first got it. So our password is I think Big Thick Rod sixty nine sixty nine. Yeah. And is that a good one? Is that safe? It's a really safe one because there's a lot of you know. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, it's like, true, oh, too. No, that's, yeah. that's like yeah. the number one first guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like yeah. one, two, three, four, five. Oh, yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> All right. Thank you, John. Appreciate the heads up. By the way, I saw this story the other day that apparently AI, you know, artificial Alan intelligence, yeah. artificial intelligence, is really good at cracking passwords. Mm-hmm. Uh, the online security company Home Security Heroes ran an AI password cracker called PassGan through 15,600,000 uh, common passwords to find out how long it would take the program to crack the password. And if you're using any sort of four-digit uh, password, the answer is instantly. And that quick code cracking continues until you reach a combination of 11 characters and start throwing in uppercase and lowercase plus symbols. Um, Uno is a password manager that emphasizes design and ease of use along with security. And overall, 51% of common passwords can be cracked in less than a minute, 71% of them in a day. And it takes under seven minutes to figure out a seven-character password, even if it features symbols. This is using AI. So here's what I do. Uh, I would always refrain from using the, the ones that they suggest, their suggested passwords, and I'll create my own, but a lot of times what I will simply do, Preston, is I will rifle my fingers on the keys, making sure I have, you know, whatever I have, uh, a cap, a letter, a couple of numbers, a couple of uh, punctuation marks. Because like it or not, the longer you go and, and the, the the more that it represents, it looks like gobbledygook, the safer you're going to be. Oh, by the way, it says uh, 18 characters are generally safe against AI password crackers. <laughs> by the way, right. you know. I hate the whole password thing. I, I hate know, it. It's a I, thing. I despise it. However, I'm, I'm, I'm also very leery of AI now with all this stuff. That they, for I was reading an article about various uses like this, how uh, thieves can apply AI to do things exactly like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then we didn't even mention the Allen Iverson aspect. I yeah. know, I know. Uh, man, and I, now he gets a, a free potato skins at Fridays. I, I look forward to retirement because I feel like when I retire, I will actually be able to like go off grid and like maybe even just go back to analog. Because you all see all those senior so citizens living out in the woods. I know, I know. Not off the grid like mean, that. But yeah. by the way, do any of you just? Do, do, are there some people who just? Will change their password every single time just no. to. No. Sometimes you have to, like some of the they devices. You to. Yeah, like this. Our, our work computers. You have to come up with a new password, and it can't even be related to the old password. Mm-hmm. And so I have to write it down. And it. <laughs> One time it was John Brazier because John was in the room, and I was like, oh, "All right, I'm going to use John Brazier as my password." It's not that anymore. I've since deleted that one, but I needed to come up with a new one. And I was like, "Yeah, I guess John will fit the bill." You know what happens is you be, you get into one of these, and I consider myself very secure. But at a certain point, it's like. Oh, the hell with it. If yeah. They're going to figure it out. If they're what that is... desperate to get into it, they're going to get into it. It's exhausting. Just make sure that you print up some of that porn so you have it in case. <laughs> print it up? Yeah. 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 Just so you it. have something to tide you <laughs> over analog until porn. you can get back online. Yeah, available. Casey, speaking of going off of the grid, you're going to need that binder of porn. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, somebody had texted in, and we had, we were asking this question out loud earlier in the news, uh, wondering if... Uh, uh, if this would affect things like uh, electric cars and Teslas and things that uh, that tap right into a charging port. To be hacked into, yeah. Um, this isn't quite that. This isn't hacking into that. But electric car drivers are being warned about the increasing risk of charger thefts with replacements costing hundreds of dollars. Thieves are starting to steal electric car chargers, which motors plug in at home to save going to uh, the public pay-as-you-go points. Uh, the cables are sometimes stolen from the vehicle's uh, trunk, 
but can be removed at a charging point if the car is unattended. And the scrap value for material in a cable may be worth around $62. So I was talking to a person, Preston, over the weekend. Uh, this is on, off the main line. Bryn Mawr mm-hmm. uh, has a house but does not have a garage. So has the charging cord outside, outside, okay. and it got stolen. There you go. Yep. So that's the, these are the new catalytic converter thefts that are probably going to be happening. Absolutely. Uh, secondhand chargers are being sold for around two hundred and forty-eight dollars. So he told me on his car system that's where he keeps his porn, <laughs> and this became a big oh issue. My God. Oh, does he have the, does he use the binder system? Or? He's well, I'm going to recommend it. You're going to need to go analog, buddy. Go back to the binder system. You remember the Battlestar Galactica conundrum, Preston? Right? They remained analog. Yes, and that's how they were able to keep their porn. That is correct. <laughs> uh, let me go to. Uh, we have a cyber crime detective on Ooh, the line. His name wow. is Charles. We have uh, some detective, please do me too. Detective uh, music, please, so right. we can have him. All right, here we go. Uh, hi, Charles. Good morning. Gadzooks to you. All right, you wanted to weigh in on some of this stuff? Yeah, I think the number one thing that people can do, you know, realistically to help themselves is just use different passwords for all your different devices and accounts that you're using. One of the biggest things that we see is people get their accounts compromised because they use a simple password, but they use it for all different kind of things, like their Netflix, their Amazon. So once um, you know, hackers are able to get a data breach on one site. They use something called password cramming where they just try it on all different kind of sites. And next thing you know, people are ordering on your Amazon account. Your Netflix is getting compromised and stuff like that. So, you know, good good cyber hygiene is like the first line of defense that we always warn people. Charles, that like, exact scenario ha- happened to a friend of mine. And it's the thing. It's like, it's like the person putting one, two, three, fours or luggage code yeah. or whatever. Uh, he used exactly the same password for all of the apps or everything that he was using, and they they got they got into one and they got into everything. The issue and- is though, Charles, I've got like fifty things that require passwords. I mean, it's not just streaming networks and stuff like that. It's it's certain applications or uh, you know even like a, I don't know. There's there are, there are a ton of small things that I will use that that require passwords. It's just too many. You know, I definitely feel your pain. It's you know in law enforcement we have a ton of databases and all of them have different passwords, different requirements. Some need upper, lower, special characters. There's things called password managers that you can use for your phone. And a lot of them are, are offline, so they're fairly secure um, where it restricts your ability. You know, it's not syncing up with the cloud, but you can put your different services in there and put your passwords in there so you can keep them. So you're not keeping them. You definitely don't want to keep them written down. So, Charles, my my wife has a, a small uh, a little um, – it's a device uh, that, that stores – all of her passwords. It has a little keyboard on it. It's not online. She just makes sure that she stores everything in that, and you can back it up. So she can back it up like on a on a on a zip drive. So that's the place where all of her passwords will reside. My question to you is: um, so, like on my MacBook, uh, they have the finger ID on the actual um, MacBook itself. It's one of the keys, so right. I can put my index finger down. Uh, in uh, thumb. Print readers or fingerprint readers are are they a viable option for stuff like this? That it depends on the device. A lot of that stuff is stored locally and does not sync with the cloud. So something like that would be secure in the sense that it's not actually leaving your 
device, and there's not a chance that it can be replicated by someone else unless they're physically present at okay. your, you know, device where you're at. But, like, we're seeing a ton of it with, like, cryptocurrency where folks are getting involved in Bitcoin and they might be on an exchange, you know, yeah. not going to mention any of them, you know, specifically, but they put a lot of money in there. They're their retirement savings, things that they're socking away for, you know, later on in, in life. But they put kind of a, a weak password, and within a day or two, the money is one or two hops. It's in a wallet in India or mm. Pakistan oh. or a place that doesn't respond to U.S. legal process. So it's really frustrating sometimes when you have to call people and say, like, look, there's not a whole lot I can do about your $170,000. Like, it's gone. I can see it. You can trace that crypto, but... Um, but it's, but we're never going to get it back because they don't. They're in countries that don't respond to U.S. legal process. Charles, I want to go back to the thing you'd mentioned. What was the the password manager that you were talking about? There's there's a bunch of them. Yeah, they have them for Android and, and uh, iOS, and they and you can unlock it. It's like an app, and you unlock it, and then you can put in there all your different services and passwords and things like that. So it keeps them all, and most of them do not sync with any kind of a cloud service. So they're they're on. now. Just you need a password to get into that. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do need one. Password. What do you do wait, with wait that? A second, wait, wait a Where second. Wait a second. Charles, can't you use your facial recognition to be you your? Can do that too. Yes, most of them will allow you to use touch ID or Press your them. face ID. So your so your facial recognition will be your pass. So you won't have to keep a password. Your right. face is your password. Or you just can remember- take a picture of me and hold that up. Possible. To the camera. By the way, on the new iPhones, and, and I'm glad, so glad you're on, Charles, they, it used to be that you could do that. Now, when you look at your iPhone, it simply, um, you still have to go through the process. It, you, in other words, you couldn't hold the phone up, this phone up, the way it is now, up to someone who's sleeping and gain access to right, the phone. Right, right, right. Right. It requires a little bit better 3D points of... In the early Face ID, yes, it was, it was kind of flawed, and there was, uh, I believe, a Russian hacker group that was able to 3D print a model of someone's face and bypass someone's phone. Sons of so, bitches. Yeah. I'm telling you. Russian. They always I mean, find a way. How, do you, how do you go to sleep knowing your porn is safe? Yeah. How do, that's what we need to find out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Charles. We appreciate it, man. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Take care. It's a lot. It's a lot. To wow. get, I, I bet you, Charles. Cyber detective. I bet you the work has never been better for Charles with all these devices out there. Um, speaking of, of thefts and so on, let's go to something a little bit more tangible as opposed to digitally stealing things. Uh, physical porn. Yeah. No, not physical porn. <laughs> uh, a Georgia realtor highlighted a convenience that some builders are adding to new construction homes. This is a, a woman named Lexi Blevins, who is a realtor, and she said they're uh, creating what are now called package doors. Uh, They're starting to become a trend to keep online deliveries safe from rain, snow, and porch pirates. And these are this is in this is part of the new construction wave. So think of it's uh, looking at a picture, a couple pictures that I saw, Preston. It kind of looks like a modified foyer. Yeah. So some people said that's just uh, that people are commenting. They're like that's a vestibule, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they (laughs) they've made those for a long time. Right. This, This is nothing new. I was thinking of like a smaller version, like, you know, uh, not, uh, well, actually here we're looking at yeah. one that, that does look smaller. That makes a little bit more sense to me. Uh, but uh, the she had said in, in the video showing it, uh, it says, uh, this is your package area. She said, you're standing 
Uh, this door locks securely from the inside, so your Amazon uh, guy can have the code to your secondary door, and all of your stuff can just stay right here. That's what she says in the video. On your Amazon account, do you have a, a specific you, have, you your specific location? Do you have a specific instructions as to where you want things placed? No, no. Uh, I I do. So I have if it's of a certain size, I have it to the side of the porch. If it's you know, and and they they're very good. I mean, they really. They do pay attention to that. I know a lot of them have to deal with, like, codes when you're punching in to get into a place. Um, and then they also have those Amazon drop areas. Your son works for, for yep. Amazon. He works for a place called uh, Lightspeed, and they deliver Amazon. Right. Yeah. And so there are those Amazon drop-off points in stores and stuff because the Porsche Pirate stuff is just f- infuriating. Yeah. So I, I think this makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the pandemic, it says in this particular story, uh, triggered a massive uptake in online ordering, and uh, and at the same time, porch pirate piracy skyrocketed. Um, so they're starting to consider this as part of new construction options. I think it's a pretty good idea. They also sell a replica of the guy from the Hills Have Eyes, the ball guy. Oh, okay. And you can just put him by your front door. And that'll scare yeah, porch pirates away. Um, so a user pointed out, said, yeah, this is known as an enclosed foyer, popular since the 1800s. (laughs) Another one says, in my 1920s home, we call it a vestibule. Mm -hmm. But uh, many TikTokers love the idea. Well, the difference is also how you gain, if it's just your regular door or your regular house code, you're not going to give that to an Amazon driver to have that second level that they can access. That's what you're looking for. Exactly. But then how long before they give it to a friend of theirs that's going to come robs your blood? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, Who knows? But that might be something to consider. If you happen to be, um, you know, uh, designing a home with a with a with uh, uh, an architect or whatever, maybe consider that that is an option down the road a little I, bit. Because, I, I mean, clearly... Uh, it's more and more common to to get a majority of your shopping done that way. I know for a fact that Lowe's and, and Home Depot sell a like large, basically looks like like a half a tool shed that you can put, you know, in the front of your house with a, a lock code. Okay, and that can serve as where yeah. they put the packages. Yeah, without yeah. having to add on a foyer. Uh, speaking, speaking of uh, of new homes and development and stuff like that, I, I also saw this, and then then we'll take a break because we got to get ready for the uh, concert cash coming up in a moment. Uh, but a real estate development in Tempe, Arizona, is touting itself as the first car-free neighborhood built from scratch in the United States. Hmm. Uh, the development is called Cul-de-Sac Tempe. And it uh, broke ground in 2019, appears to be chugging along with the first batch of apartments close to being finished. Once the first residents arrive, they will be banned from bringing their own cars Mm. or at least parking them on site or in the surrounding area. Uh, the community will still make ample use of cars, but in the form of ride shares via Lyft and card sharing, uh, car sharing via Envoy. So their cars are... Which is a community-based electric car sharing service uh, and platform. So they park their cars in this off-site lot, and then a tractor takes them to their home. Not right? a tractor, no. <laughs> it would be an electric car sharing service platform. Okay. Uh, I think this is intriguing. Personal cars will not be allowed, which means that uh, cul-de-sac Tempe will not have to devote any space to parking, uh, creating ample open space for uh, a large uh, dog park and pool and other things like that. And porn. And they have access to over 100 uh, scooters, over 1,000 bike parking spots, and free rides on the metro in the area. Interesting. I like that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I have to I see mean, it you can practice. choose to live that way. Yes. You know? If that's yeah. your desire. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was just... Uh, I want tractors. We were all just on vacation last week, and I was in a place where you didn't need a car. Yeah. And it was really nice to not have a car for a stretch. We could walk everywhere we needed to go, and um, I would, I'd be intrigued by a process, especially like when you retire and you don't need to yeah. go long distances. So it says here the idea of the 15-minute city, which is uh, an urban area where residents can reach all of their daily needs, such as stores, work, school, cultural sites... Uh, within 15 minutes by bike, on foot, or personal mobility device has been gaining popularity recently. Uh, Tempe cul-de-sac is claiming to be uh, three times as good as that ideal, calling itself a five-minute city. You're uh, in 15-minute city now! Uh, passenger vehicles are one of the biggest contributors to worsening air quality in the U.S., and projects like this are attempting to help people move away from personal car usage by giving them another healthier option, which may see those trends start to reverse. So, How's your neighborhood for traffic? You don't have a lot of through traffic in your neighborhood, do you? Uh, not through traffic, yeah. but it's a big neighborhood. There's like yeah. 300 houses. Okay. So we have a fair amount of uh, of neighbors that drive, you know, from one end to the of the neighborhood so to the other. Still throw cheese on the cars? No, they haven't been throwing cheese on the cards for a couple of years, okay. which is good. Mm. But we have a lot of golf carts in our neighborhood. Well, yeah. there's a golf course right across the street, yeah, right? So they, uh, so a lot of people do travel around by golf cart. But I think that would be pretty cool. It would be more open area. And uh, and since uh, being you know a part-time resident at, at the shore now, biking is more intriguing to me. I like yeah. it. So it's you, fun. You could actually just spend the weekends out in, your, in, in front of your house mime cleaning a car. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. pretending... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to clean your car, to wax it, and right. so on, and yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> saying hi to your neighbors. Hey, and, yeah. I think I would get annoyed with this pretty quickly, though, because when I want to leave the neighborhood, I just want to be able to get into my vehicle and go, and not have to. Where travel. are you going? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sold your Vespa. Stay at home. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's not. It's kind of the equivalent of like when I when I got. This recliner that was an electric. I was like, "Ooh, electric recliner! This is going to be great." But then when I realized, it takes forever to sit up. Yes, <laughs> when I just want to get up and get a cup of water, this is I so slow. Like, yeah. What kind of recliner? My, my dad has one of those. Yeah, yeah. 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 It they doesn't take a move time. fast. It's some, not. Some uh, sectionals not. are You're talking, sold. Some sectionals are sold that way too, where it's a it's yeah. a button that you hit rather yeah. than the manual pull the you know pull the cord or pull and you, and it, it when you do the pull the cord or the, or the uh, the handle it, it automatically right up. Oh, yeah. It's right up. But when you do the, <laughs> yeah, I have. I don't a, have time to wait for this. <laughs> I want to stand up. <laughs> Um, a case. Mine, I actually, t- we tested ours. We have a couch that has, yeah. a part of the couch is that recliner. And uh, it gets pretty fast. But a lot it's of times. It's not as it's fast, not as, fast, as, fast yeah. as the manual. Yeah. 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 enough for Casey. Just when you want to do it like, man. And then also, it had the uh, the little ports that you could put your phone charger in. Those things broke like a week into it. Like I'm like, this. Casey, what angle does it have to get to before you uh, you'll get out of the chair? Like a, a 45 oh, degree angle? Uh, you know what? I, I got rid of it. Oh. So, thankfully, 
the the charging ports bailed or failed on me, so I was able to like call the furniture company and go, I just need a new recliner. Yeah, okay. and, you know, with a handle. Give do, me the other one. Yeah. Do we add something to the very top of the list of first world? Problems? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this my recliner's too slow. This electric, electric chair recliner doesn't yeah. make me stand up fast enough. Too yeah. slow. Nick, to your point, I've I've had to get up quickly, and and uh, then you're then it's basically no man's land because you're going to yeah. now go off on the part of the recliner that's not meant for you to sit on. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so when you do that, the whole thing rocks forward. Yep, and uh, like you see cats launching through the, <laughs> and then you don't want to lean over to hold the button down. Yeah, to that's close exhausting. it all the way. Yeah. yeah. That's like time. doing a squat. Yeah. Right. Come on, man. Come on. Uh, we, we, I want to stand up. We had a fun segment where we talked about our first world problems. Oh, and I this guy it. called in, and I think about this all the time. The chicken goes, sandwich. The chicken sandwich. <laughs> what was it? When his Chick-fil-A sandwich is too thick. <laughs> when his piece of chicken is too big. I'm like, oh, my God. I know exactly what you're feeling. <laughs> we need to do that again. That's Sometime funny. in the very near future. Yeah. It makes it makes you... And what we need Listen. to get is someone from a third world country to describe there. <laughs> yes. I, I have to walk 11 miles for a drink of water. Yeah. Yeah, my recliner's kind of slow. Yeah. Believe it or not, our phone lines are starting to light up with people and the issue with the electric recliner. Oh, my God. <laughs> but we have to take a break. Uh, I don't know what we to do. We can revisit at some point. I really want to go to these phone calls, uh, but we have to take a break. Not unless you want to take it straight through. Uh, we can if you want. No, we got no, two interviews no, got, coming up no, and, right. and all that, so we need to take all a break. Right. All right, anyhow, we'll get back to it another day. Electric, uh, Your electric recliner issues <laughs> on the Preston and Steve show. We get to hard-hitting topics on right. this program, folks. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a break. Don't forget, we have a chance for you to win a Preston and Steve-themed tattoo. It's Tattoos. They text word tattoo to 39333, and you might win from Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. When we get back, Bizarre File and... Concert cash keywords. Don't you hate it when some jerk on the radio says, Hey, Alexa, open MMR. Uh, did it work? No? Okay, well, maybe, hey, Alexa, wake me up to WMMR every day at 6 a.m. And if that didn't work, just know that you can do that anytime yourself. You're welcome. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Steven's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant cut diamond expertly set into a classic solitaire Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Steven's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. MMR's Concert Cash. Now, here's your Concert Cash keyword. And that word would be bank. B-A-N-K. And you have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter it. You can either do that on our contest page at WMMR.com. You can enter it via the MMR app. Or you can simply text the special contest short code number. 
And that's 45911. So send the word bank over to 45911. One random entry wins $1,000 in our company-wide contest. And all MMR winners get two tickets to the MMRBQ Saturday, September 16th. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. Uh, winners will get a call from our company, Beasley. Make sure that you answer your phone. Contest rules are available at WMMR.com, and it's sponsored by Meineke. So, again, the word is bank. B-A-N-K. Come and get that money. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Files. It is brought to you this morning by Mulch Works of Aston. They offer the highest quality mulch and topsoil that's manufactured on site. They also have leaf compost, decorative stone, pavers, and more. Delivery or pickup at residential and commercial markets. Visit mulchthis.com. All right, we'll start with this really disturbing story out of India. Police have arrested a man after he allegedly gifted a music system rigged with explosives which killed the new husband of his ex-lover. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding. No, you idiot! One day after their nuptials, the newlywed groom was at his home uh, with family. The groom, 25-year-old Hamendra Marawi, and his brother, uh, Rajakumar, unwrapped a music system gifted to Hamendra and his wife at their wedding. <laughs> After setting it up and turning it on, the device exploded, by the way. Just like that. Uh, birth, both uh, Hermendra and Rajkumar were killed in the blast. <laughs> oh. Then police said it was so violent it blew off the roof of the house. Wow. So it was like a and stereo or something, right? Damaged three walls, yes. Yeah. Five Jesus. other family members, including an 18-month-old child, were injured in the explosion. Jeez. Hermendra's new bride was at her parents' home <laughs> at the time of the incident, both uh, after questioning... Uh, his wife and other family members, police narrowed in uh, an ex-lover of the bride as the prime suspect. His name was Hart, uh, Sarju Markham. Uh, he was, he was uh, located and detained at his job. Investigators found uh, that <clears throat> he, by the way, who was already married with children, was upset after the bride rejected his desire for her to become a second wife. He became vengeful after she decided to marry Hemendra by way of an arranged marriage. A day before the nuptials, Markham called uh, the then-bride-to-be to try to convince her to not go through with it. He then called uh, Hemendra and threatened him. And uh, police said that uh, Markham had some experience in electronic repair work and had some knowledge of explosives after working at a stone-crushing unit, which led him to create the wedding gift bomb. Man. Before quitting his job at the stone-crushing unit, uh, he stole 250 grams of ammonium nitrate, which police suspected he used to create the explosive device. He also utilized gunpowder that he had taken from firecrackers gasoline, and several other materials to rig the music system. Uh, he had a friend take him to the wedding venue on March 31st where he placed the wrapped music system under several wedding gifts before departing. That is messed yeah. up. And he was already married. Messed up, yep. Alright, note to self. Do not keep nearly $100,000 in the trunk of the car because it might get <laughs> stolen. All right, And listen to how this happened. A man who had stopped his car in Brooklyn to change a tire had a bag with $92,000 in cash stolen from the back of his vehicle did while he was changing the tire. Did it have a big dollar sign on the bag? I think so. 
Uh, the 32-year-old pulled up around uh, 11 a.m. and started to change one of his car's tires. As he was on the side of the vehicle, uh, two men went up to the car uh, with one of them going into the trunk. That man took a bag that was holding the money, and then police uh, said the pair took off. So I assume they were just grabbing whatever yeah. they saw. They didn't know there was... Imagine these guys. Uh-huh. They're thinking they're getting, like, clothes right. or something like maybe, that. So maybe a wallet. Yeah. Yeah, and a gym bag or something. And they come up with t- 92 grand. Uh, one of the men was seen wearing a golf hat and black jacket. The other was wearing a black and white checkered shirt and black pants. And police are investigating and asking people to call in if they uh, recognize the description. Uh, a woman, this is a terrible story, a woman and a man stepped into the street in Florida to avoid getting sprayed by sprinklers. And little did they know what would happen. The West Palm Beach Police Department said just after 6 a.m. on Monday, a Kia Sportage was headed southbound. At the same time, 60-year-old Carmen Lewis and 65-year-old uh, Michael Bullen had stepped off the sidewalk mm-hmm. to avoid the sprinklers. No. Tragically, investigators say they stepped directly into the path of the, the oh, car man. and uh, they were killed. Uh, Lewis died at the scene and Bullen, I'm sorry, yeah, he was killed. She suffered serious injuries. Jeez. Investigators said there are no charges pending and alcohol and drugs do not appear to be a factor in the crash. Just a horrible accident. They, yeah. they weren't looking. They didn't want to get wet and they reactively went out into the street and, and got hit. Horrible. All right, contrary to what you've heard, alcohol and close wildlife encounters do mix, sort of. They just have a a nasty uh, outcome to them. Uh, The latest example comes from an Instagram post by Turons of Yellowstone. Turons of Yellowstone? Which is great. Yeah, they're a great site. Or Turons, I guess, would be. It's it's a play on moron and tourist. And it's not just Yellowstone anymore. That's where it started, but now they're all over the place. So in this video, there's a couple of guys who appear to be seriously hammered confronting a moose oh, at so night good. under the lights of a snowy parking lot in what appears to be a resort. Uh, so why I- don't you forget the moose <laughs> for a moment? So a third man films the encounter. All parties other than the moose engage in the application of some profanity in this. The guy filming, who also roots openly for the moose, tells the man to leave the effing moose alone. He's what? right. Yeah, yes. why don't you forget the, the moose? Why don't you forget for a moment. the moose? For a moment. Uh, this prompts one of the drunk guys to quip, ooh, is this your moose? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, uh, the, the guy with the camera goes, you guys must be the dumbest people I've ever seen in my life. So the two guys then set about proving him right. Uh, one of the guys is going, ooh, I'm getting closer. Yeah. I mean, like ma- mocking him like that. I'm getting closer, ooh. <laughs> and the moose doesn't move. It's wondering how stupid these guys are, and it doesn't wait too long to find out. He goes a little closer, the guys say each in each uh, turn, taunting the cameraman, and uh, one of them finally touches the moose. Oh, yeah. That thing flips around oh, and yeah. charges after them. And it's, they're huge. They're huge. And, and its front uh, you know, hooves yeah, are yeah. just like slamming down. It's trying to yep. stomp on them. Uh, so it, what happens is the footage, they, they, they go behind a car, and then you can't see it after right, that. It stops right. after that. But uh, the guy falls and he slips, and you can hear the guy behind the camera going, "Get him! Get him!" <laughs> uh, he's rooting for the moose. Oh, totally! Yeah. So both the the men disappear behind the car. We don't know the actual outcome of it, but there's little doubt as to which side wins in this particular encounter. Idiots! All right, and there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file. So it is ten minutes after eight. That means you've got roughly five minutes left to enter the word bank. 
It is the MMR Concert Cash Giveaway Keyword. All right, the word is bank, B-A-N-K. So make sure that you do that now, and you just might win tickets to the MMR BQ. Oh, and $1,000 as well. Whoa! Sponsored by Meineke. We are going to take a break. When we return, we are going to have May Pang on. She's uh, important in the lore of Beatles. Yes. Uh, her and uh, John Lennon were companions. Um, and she's got a, uh, a documentary out. She's going to be in town at City Winery. So we will talk to May Pang when we return a little bit later on this morning. Actor Chris Davis is going to be playing George Foreman in the biopic. We'll be in our studio. We'll be back in a moment. Make sure you stay with us. Finally, M.M. Barbecue 2023, starring Shinedown, Billy Idol, Saturday, September 16th at Freedom Mortgage Pavilion, plus special guests, A. Ron Jones, Larkin Poe, Dirty Honey, MMR's local shots opener, Vixen 77. And the return of the Preston and Steve side stage with you fronting live band karaoke. Tickets on sale Friday at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster. Lawn tickets start at just 25 bucks. Complete details at WMMR.com. From 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Our next guest is in town uh, this weekend. She's going to be at uh, City Winery uh, Saturday and Sunday. And for those of you who are well-versed in uh, Beatles lore and all things John Lennon, you're quite aware of her story. If you're not, uh, it's there's a documentary. I watched it. Uh, that, that can bring you up to speed on all this. It's a really interesting uh, chapter uh, in the life of, of John Lennon and in hers, obviously. And she was a, uh, a companion of John's during what he had called his lost weekend, which was 18 months long. Yeah. Uh, kind of a separation from Yoko, but Yoko was a part of that whole thing. And it's a really intriguing story, and I'm very excited that we have our next guest on the program. Please welcome May Pang yeah. to the program. Hello. Good morning, Hello. May. Nice to have you Good on morning. today. Thanks for joining us. I'm excited. I can't believe I'm actually in Los Angeles talking to you, so it's really morning. <laughs> oh, yeah, big time. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> very early. Uh, but I wanted I wanted to mention uh, the documentary, which, by the way, is called "The Lost Week in the Photography of May Pang." And this, or, or is that the name of the uh, that no, the name of the show? The name of the exhibition. The name of the documentary is "The Lost Weekend: A Love Story." There right. it is. Thank you. Um, well, it um, it and, and you're going to be in town uh, to you know your, some of your, your photographs are going to be uh, having them available for purchase. Which, by the way, I believe is it free to get into the event this weekend? Oh yeah, it's okay. free to come in. Come see it. It's all the photos I took of John during the time that we were together. Okay. So it's this. This is more like coming out of my iPod, um, the archives. The um, you know, it's at home. Well, you have there's, there's a tremendous amount of amazing pictures. You were right there at seminal moments in mm-hmm. uh, in in uh, John Lennon's life and and that period of history. Um, you know, it's interesting. May is that uh, the way Peter Jackson's documentary um, get back made us made a number of us reconsider Yoko you know Yoko was sort of painted as as sort of um you know tearing the Beatles apart and and uh during those sessions and we kind of got to see that maybe that wasn't the case quite you know wasn't quite true to the legend we had been told the lost weekend made me reassess perceptions I may have had of you and how you figured into 
you were much more prominent. You know, I think initially, I know a while ago you'd come out and you were making the, the talk show rounds, and I sort of became aware that you were setting history right where the perception of you might have been, oh, there's this woman coming in from the side and breaking up this. None, no, none. that wasn't the case at all, breaking up a relationship. And the history of it is is fascinating. And I wanted to go back to you at the beginning. Um, you, you, uh, you, your family was pretty strict, and your dad, correct me if I'm wrong, your dad, a first-generation um, from China, uh, right. you are a girl, so you were really of no value to him. He adopted a son into the family and then sort of cast you to the side. That is true. That And most of anybody who is a first, I would call myself a Juxing, that's a title, because we were born outside of the homeland. We're not, and especially a girl, you're not worth anything, really. So my, my father... People in the family would say, oh, you're not going to go see your your wife who just had a, a, a daughter? She goes, why? It's a girl. Wow. That, that was not, so I was definitely, I had to fight through that. I had to fight through it. I, I'm sure. Did it kind of set a tone for you early on that, that um, you could almost Looking be for, used as, as a pawn of sorts? It, it was. My father didn't care. My mother was the only one that protected me and was always supportive of me. So everything I do... And I think about for the women of this world, it's the, it's my mother. And it's, and, you know, without her, I don't know where I would be. She's the one that gave me the strength. And so women are not given enough. I mean, in this day and age, a lot of men are aware, but still not enough. Still not enough. And, and so by happenstance, you you, you, you kind of you, you, you go to school, but you're sort of you're, you're you're motivated mostly by rock. You're a rock and roll fan. You're a Beatles fan. But you, yes. by, by happenstance, you go, I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to go and get a job. I'm going to commit myself to it. You pick a building that you want to go into and start, you know, pounding the pavement and look about getting work. And what is in that building? It's Apple Records. My girlfriend meets me. She goes, do you know what's in this building? And I said, no, what? She goes, Apple Records. Be I said, Beatles? <laughs> Apple Records? I said, well, I'm going to go upstairs and look for a job and she says, what are you, nuts? She goes, you don't have anything. And why, why are you going? I said, well, at zero, I'm at zero. If they say no, I'm still at zero. It's not going to get worse. Yeah. So let me go upstairs. So she left me, and I went upstairs and, and asked for a job. At first, they told me no, nothing was there. And just at that moment, these doors open and people filing out. And the woman behind the desk said, she's looking for a job. And this guy said, come back after lunch. Wow. And then after lunch, I had I come back. And I'm excited and I'm trying to calm myself. And he says, can you type? I said, yes. Can you do this? I said, yes, I did. Every I said, yes. And he goes, can you start next week? I said, absolutely. But I didn't know how to do any of those things. <laughs> but I taught myself. Yeah, wow. I, that was the one thing. I taught myself how to do everything. Wow, man. And and at what point did you start to forge a relationship with uh, with uh, Yoko and, and John? When did that begin? Oh, that began a, a uh, about a, a year later, a little okay. over a year later, they came into New York City. They wanted to do two movies. I had no idea what they were in town for, except visiting the office. So I come in and and they said, "You're going to work with them." And I was like, "What? <laughs> I'm going to be working." So there was two short movies that she wanted to make, which was uh, "Fly" and "Up Your Legs Forever." These were very av avant-garde movies. <laughs> I remember 
I remember I've seen these movies. They're incredibly bizarre, mm-hmm. as as is the art of Yoko Ono. Uh, and so, but there you are. And at this point, the Beatles have have have, have broken up for all intents and purposes. Yes. And and so, you, but you're there with them, and you're on the set. It had to blow you away. I was, and the first thing that ever happened was when Yoko hands me her her you know, her phone uh, book and says, call these people and ask them to come down and donate their legs for peace. So I had to think of a whole thing to tell these people. You know, I'm talking about calling up Jackie. I'm looking at her. I said, do you want me to call this person? It's like, you're talking about Jackie Kennedy. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Can you come down and donate your legs for peace? And, you know, so it's all these types of people that I was like, a little intimidated by doing so, you know? That's amazing, though, that, that you were, I mean, especially the way you were raised and your dad started dismissing you, that you were that self-possessed that you were able to do it, to soldier through and get on the phone with these people. So they make these movies, if like Fly, for example, was a fly crawling around on a woman, a naked woman. Mm-hmm. And in the documentary, yes. I'd, I'd seen this movie, I did not realize that apparently was a heroin addict, Right. That they get yes, heroin. I did not know till after myself because yeah. I was that naive. Right, I right. Had no idea. And, and so all these weird things that they were involved with, but they really took to you. And so when when yes. when they leave to go back to England, what happens? Then they, I get called because they needed a film, but they didn't want anybody to just, you know, they just couldn't send it over because with the title of the film. <laughs> which was called Erection. <laughs> right. And, he, you know, John was on the list of looking at what kind of pornographic film. And it wasn't. It's actually a, a good film, if you haven't seen it. That's one to see. And I said, oh, my God. I went over there. I didn't know when I was coming back. And they were in the middle of making the Imagine film, their first movie called Imagine. And it was, I was in it all over the place, going to all the different places. And I got a chance to even be with Yoko when she was doing a photo shoot with the great, David Bailey, the photographer, I'm, you know, because f- photography was my thing. And I'm looking at him going, oh, I'm in the same room with this guy. And you're getting well. you're getting production credits. You're getting in, in with all these celebrities who are showing up and working in, in this circle. But the point at which things really take the turn is, from what I understand, um, things are sort of um, fraying between John and Yoko. And Yoko overhears John having sex with another woman. And right. so she sets in motion a plan. What is that plan? And the plan comes down to about maybe a year later. I mean, it's like, you know, it's still not healed. But everybody that's working just ignores it because we can't do anything. So we're now in the Dakota. And one morning she comes to me and she goes, I got to speak to you. So I'm thinking it's another <laughs> thing to do. Right. Um, and she says, you know, John and I are not getting along. And I said, uh, oh, I'm so sorry. And... Uh, which you, you could feel the tension in the house if you work there. You just feel it. Hmm. So I said, I'm so sorry. She goes, you know, he's going to start seeing other people. And I'm thinking, oh, God, another X factor that's just thrown onto our plates. Right. So and she goes, oh, by the way, I know you don't have a boyfriend. Maybe you should go out with him. And I just sort of looked at him going, what What, what are you talking? I'm not interested. Hmm. I've been there for three years. The last thing I'm looking at is to go out with John Lennon. Not interested. I'm more interested in my job than right. that. Yeah. So he says to me, no, 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 you would be good for him. You're, you want, you'd be nice. You, you know, you two would be great. And I'm saying, no, 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 we're arguing. She says, oh, I think you should. She gets up and walks out of the office. Yeah. I'm sitting there with, like, just what happened? And tears coming down. And, you know, not knowing what just happened. Yeah. 
And, so, and, and so as you start to assess it, you're realizing she wants to exert control. There you go, yeah. Over his his extracurricular, extramarital activities and has chosen right. you to be that that pawn. So uh, it's not part of your plan, but John eventually, I much to Yoko's chagrin, falls in love with you, correct? Correct. Yeah. And how long... That was, it- that was- that was that was the whole thing. She did not expect. Thought it was going to be a, a two week fling. That'll be the end. I was not interested. But it was because of John that was pursuing me himself because he didn't know what was happening either. He didn't know this whole thing was going on. And then after she told him, he's not coming out of his room. So the two of us like on opposite ends. Huh. So, what, what about your personal feelings uh, for John? Did they develop? Oh. It took a while. Yeah. You know, you're not sure. It's like any date you would go out with a guy. You say, oh, I'm sh- I like him, but, you know, I've been with him for three years. I liked him as a person. Mm-hmm. We had fun. We used to talk about music a lot. We had a lot in common of that thing. And, you know, he hadn't done a lot. I When we got together, I took him on a bus ride. I said, let's go and see New York City by getting on a bus. Um, he found it fascinating. You know, it was only me and him. I would do the driving. I did let him drive when we were in California once mm. on the on the 101 or the 405, which is not a great place he to. He, he thought you he thought you drove too fast, wasn't that the case? He gave you, a, I think, a Barracuda for a birthday gift, and he gave that to me. Yeah. Yes, I know he thought that, but I got to tell you, I thought he drove a little. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. So that was it's equal. Well, let, let me let me ask you. So you're 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 doing this. You, you, so a relationship forges, and it becomes more than than Yoko had had planned on, and but she's still sort of controlling and again you know these are moments in time and 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 you know in the documentary something that preston and i would talk we're massive beetle fans as, as we all are and something that always troubled us was his relationship with julian and yeah. and 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 the way he seemed to turn his back on his son now there was certainly things that john could have done much better but i had no idea that yoko was actually shielding calls from julian to getting to john is that the case uh, yeah, that was that was uh, that happened uh, a few times, and it, I, would, it really upset me knowing my own situation. Yeah. So you were you were placed uh, in the middle. You were the one that had to yes. had to, and, and it tore you up. It, it, you're 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 talking about you had to lie to John and Julian. Yes, so, absolutely. And but you actually helped because of this forge the relationship that they were able to sort of reclaim. Explain how that happened. Well, that happened. Uh, I knew that when we were together, I said, if Julian was calling, he knew at one point, Yoko knew at one point that they're going to have to see each other. She never wanted, she says, I don't get along with him. So why don't you, you know, and she's saying, I know you, you're better off with this. And I said, absolutely. I wanted to be sure there was no two ways about it that John was going to get involved with, with Julian. And it also, at the same time, uh, I wanted the relationship between Cynthia and John to heal. They had not even had a closure at that point. Cynthia's John's ex-wife and, and mother of Julian, yes. and 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 that and Yoko was not a fan of that either. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, and oddly enough, you and Cynthia become very good friends. Very good friends, and we stayed close until the time she passed. Mm. Uh, I was at her house in, in Spain, and you know we had some laughs. So it was, we had some laughs and she said, she goes, the truth will come. And she goes, it's up to you now. Wow. Wow. Man. 
Uh, I do want to backtrack a little bit and just remind people we're talking to May Pang, and she's going to be at uh, City Winery this Saturday and Sunday. It's the Lost Weekend. The photography of May Pang, it's a free event. You can come in. You can purchase the, the photographs. Oh, the pictures will blow yes. you away. They're they're amazing. And the documentary, uh, The Lost Weekend uh, Love Story, is available now. Uh, I, I wanted to ask about the time you spent living with, with John, Ringo, <laughs> Harry Nilsson, and Keith Moon. Talk about a pack of alpha males, except maybe for Ringo. Yeah. But that must have been insane. It was insane. I just, uh, I think about it. John thought that if he could get this group of musicians together, as we're doing the Harry Nielsen album, uh, let's get them, we can all get everybody there on time. Because look at what we're talking about. People don't arrive. John was the one thing that he liked to do when he was at work. He wanted everything to be on time. Everybody had to be there. Oh. So you're talking about you're talking about these musicians. He's thinking they're not going to get there on time. <laughs> Let's get everybody in, and we'll all go together, and that way it'll start. Um, so that was the the premise of this of the house. It was interesting. The house used to belong to um, Peter Lawford. Yeah, and. Uh, and of course, that's where the Kennedys uh, used to come out in L.A. And I believe Marilyn Monroe, which John was all fascinated with that. So um, were they may at that time, were they known as the Hollywood vampires? I mean, or was it when when um, um, Alice Cooper joined? Because they they were the ones that originated that name. Correct. Yeah, it was. It, it was already started the talk of it, but. They really wasn't said that they were the Hollywood vampires. Alice was around. We ran into Alice quite often. And it was they, it was that group, you know, Mickey Dolenz, Alice Cooper. Then it was John. There was Harry. There was Ringo. It was, But John was considered the honorary member because he wasn't there on a daily basis and wasn't there often. Now, you're, you're part of one of the, the quintessential rock legendary moments. Phil Spector was known to have carry a sidearm. Mm. Tell what Various. happened. Yeah, yeah. That was a... Well, you know, there's so many stories with him. <laughs> it wasn't exactly um, an easy one, as I would say, because... We're talking the legendary time, producer Phil Spector. Phil, yeah, yeah. Phil Spector. And I mean, I admired him. John admired him. We were doing the rock and roll album. When we were rehearsing, we'd come over to the to our place where we were staying, and that was producer uh, Lou Adler, who produced Carole King and all that. And we're, we're at his house, and we're, you know, we're staying there. He comes over with rehearsals, and I would say to John every night, does he really have to wear his gun? And we thought that it's got to be blanks. Got to be blanks. So then I think, so one day, and this is very famous on this one because it went around, I've, I've talked about it. We're in the recording studio and this sound goes off. I'm the New York City girl. I run towards the sound. Everybody else is ducking under the table, under everything. And I'm going, what just happened? And so I'm standing next to Mother Bertha, who is Phil's mother who ducked next to me also and i go running toward the sound i open the door and there's john with a finger in his ear gone phil phil if you're gonna shoot shoot me but don't mess with me ears man I need those. <laughs> don't shoot so, and kill me but don't make me lose my hearing that's my bread and butter yeah right yeah so there's there's phil with the gun in his hand up you know pointing upward and mal evans is in the room and he Big old Mal. Mal was, you know, the Beatles' original roadie. Yep. He comes over, and he's like six foot four or five, and he's towering over everybody, and Phil is short. <laughs> With his Cuban boots, I'm sure he's about 5'4", something like that. <laughs> I don't know, five, five. 
So he grabs it and he goes, you, can't, you shouldn't have this. He takes the gun out from him. <laughs> and, and everybody's, you know, I said, Mal, what just happened? He said, you know, we were all standing around laughing, joking. And Phil kept doing something that hit Mal's nose. So all, all Mal asked him to do was, please don't do that. It hurts me. You know, you're hurting my nose. And he backed up and he reached for his holster and he pulled out the gun. And as he's pulling out the gun, the gun goes off. Wow. Wow. Could, could have killed someone easily. Exactly. So the next day, John and I are eating and Mal found us. And he said, he said, I'm glad I found you. He goes, why? We're eating dinner. He goes, well, here's the bullet from last night. And we both looked at each other. <laughs> bullet? What bullet? Because <laughs> we thought they were bullets. Goes, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. All right. At, at that point, did John say, let's rethink this Phil Spector thing? Or did he just kind of let it go? He let it go. Wow. Because we, we just couldn't. We couldn't. You're recording. Think beyond that. Yeah. You know, and besides, the sessions were taking a break anyway. So it was fine. Wow. So we were taking a break. And we never got back to the sessions. Because Phil then took our tapes and yep. we couldn't get back to it. So you're chronicling all this and this, these pictures that we're talking about, the photography of May Pang, which are you know, available. Yeah. Uh, astonishing shots, moments caught in history. Uh, and you were there at a at a an incredible multitude of incredible times, but another one. So you're in the studio with John, uh, and uh, it had been years since he and Paul had conversed. And yes. and then so you're facing one direction and then you're facing the door and it opens up. And and this is after like five years since they've communicated. What happened? We were doing a playback after the first night of the Harry Nielsen session. And uh, so a lot of people had already left, you know, it's the end of the session. So as he's listening, I look up and the door's opening and there's these two figures that's walking through and it's John and Paul. And. And, I, and John Paul, sorry, it's Paul and Linda. Yeah. Sorry, it's early morning. Right, yeah. <laughs> so he, they walk in and I mumble. They said, Paul, Linda? And he, and John's facing me. He goes, Paul, Linda. And he turns <laughs> and goes, oh, hi. That was it. They, it was as if nothing happened in those years. They were just like, they just saw each other. I hate to use the pun. But yesterday, it really was quite incredible and he, and he just wow. and he just asked him you, you say in the documentary he says do you want to you want to join in you want to play piano yeah. he goes yeah we'll probably you know do a little jam and what hang yeah sure man After- but of course we didn't have a drummer we didn't have a <laughs> drummer can you imagine that the three drummers ringo jim keltner and keith moon all left oh no <laughs> wow. so who decides to be a drummer it was uh this guy named Paul McCartney. Yeah. So now we don't have a bass player. So we don't have a bass player. So somebody from another studio comes running in. And then Stevie Wonder happened to wander in. So all of a sudden it's just like Mal Evans and I play tambourine because Linda's playing, you know, uh, Hammond organ. So we got a few things. And Ringo was upset the next day when he found out somebody broke a snare drum. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't forget because it turns out, and I only just found this out a couple of days ago. That it was the reason he was upset. The snare drum is from the 1964 The Beatles, Ed Sullivan. Oh, wow. Oh, no. Wow. Man, no. That's crazy. <laughs> hey, you know what, May? As you know, John was um, what a complex individual. I mean, you know, and, and he's one of the most beloved people in my mind, uh, but his. Um, he could he could cut you down in a second. He had a, he had a laser sharp wit and, and sarcasm to him. But yes. he could also be a loving, wonderful, tender, peaceful, amazing human being. 
Um, was there a middle space in between those two ends of the spectrum? Uh, you know what? I think, um, no. I think he was given that that extreme. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, he was naive. And when I'm saying naive, I mean, really, he was like, really? I didn't know that. You know, something's really stupid. And, you know, and you go, where have you been? <laughs> or, or, you know, and then, or the other side, which is, Listen, man, don't touch me. You know, I could tell you what it is. And, you know, it's one or the other. But when it's, but it was extreme of each side, you know? Yeah, this it is what really, it seemed like. So yeah. the recent, yeah. recent stuff, and we were, Preston was reporting on these, these stories about that time when you were with him in California and on the West Coast. And, and you actually, one day you ended up on the set of Happy Days, you know, and, and they turn around and John Lennon, you're, you're all there, you're taking him around. But you see pictures and you have the pictures of, of, John at that time and Julian and they look Lennon looks better than he's ever looked everyone reported and it was kind of the consensus of the stories that were coming out is that he was incredibly happy he was out he was socializing he felt good and it seems such a such a turnaround for him and it's almost sad that uh, in a way I mean timeline wise I'm sure in your mind you consider what if it had continued on that trajectory you know I and you're right, and then I had to stop many years ago yeah. because you can't you can't go there because it just uh, it, the pain is too great mm-hmm. to really think that the emotional pain. Right. But I enjoyed the time, and we I had the memories. Mm. And you're right, he looked great. His hair grew long. We had our own apartment. Julian, that what you're seeing at the happy days was the first trip for Julian in several years that he hadn't seen his father. That was that time. So I made it a group trip. So it was easy on John as well, because Cynthia is in that group with me. And so we stayed out. But not only did we walk into and it was happy days just beginning, because you could see the Fonz not even having his leather jacket yet. He was in his <laughs> that little whatever jacket. Brown jacket, yeah. Right whatever. But we then went on to another set that John and I loved, which was the odd couple. Aww. We sat through and we were in the audience watching this. <laughs> it blows my mind that John Lennon sitting in the audience with you watching That's a t- great. taping of the odd couple. I love it. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, we're we're going to have to wrap up here shortly, May, but I, but I do have to ask, when the when your intimate relationship with, with John ended, was it was it abruptly or did you guys have kind of a, did, did it fade out a little bit? It, it only it you know they'll be surprised when they go see the movie because there's a lot it, there's a lot of things that get answered and um, it, it's uh, it, you know I don't want to give it okay. away because people people will find it um, may answers a lot of questions I, I, can, I can say this it, it made if as you start off in the beginning if the point is to correct history and and as you're doing with these pictures and these interviews you've done I, I have a, a great appreciation for you may and, and what you provided. To John Lennon, as Preston says, we're we're not blind to the um, character. We all have character flaws, and mm-hmm. but we do, you know, we do look up to the Beatles so much. And so you, you are in this documentary sheds a, a great bit of light on it. And your camera was there at David Bowie recording sessions, and when John first met Elton John and struck up a great friendship, all these pivotal moments in you know that are now the stuff of rock lore. You were there yes. for there. Yes, I was. Yeah. But, you know, that's why people should go see the movie. Mm-hmm. You know who I also spoke to? One of your favorite people in Philly, Larry Kane. Yep. Oh, oh, yeah. He's in yeah. it. Yeah. 
Larry and was he a... plays a part in that movie too. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah, because Larry, for those who may not know, was uh, was when the Beatles first came to America. He was side by side with them in that entire tour. And he was he yes. was front and center for a huge part of history as well. There's a great clip yes. of of John doing weather on the most prehistoric <laughs> news set you've ever seen in your life. I and, know he, that. and he loved doing those. He's things. having a blast. To, he would have wreaked havoc with you guys. I'm just <laughs> telling you now. Oh man! So anybody who wants to go see, it's at the Ritz downtown, uh, and uh, and King of Prussia at the Regal. You know, uh, Plymouth Meeting yeah. uh, yes. Theater. Yes, yes. So those are the places. Nick on the 13th, they should go, or you know. They should go see it. Absolutely. Yeah, most definitely. Highly recommend it. And also come and see May because she's going to be at uh, City Winery Saturday and Sunday. And the photographs on display and available for purchase. So purchase. it's those two days only. Uh, well, May, it is so wonderful to meet you. Thank you uh, for this wonderful <laughs> conversation. You're, you're a delightful person. I hope you guys have a chance to come by. I would love to meet you guys in person. Excellent. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, if you can, yeah. I know you guys are busy. But, yeah. <laughs> I will be there for the two days. I'm That's there. awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. Let's hear it for May Pang. Yeah. Everybody, take care of May. Wonderful talking Bye. to you. Wow. You. Uh, so yeah, she's uh, she was in the middle of some really cool stuff. Man. If I remember correctly, uh, Larry Kane was there for two tours. I think in '64 and '65, yeah. and uh, on one of those tours is when the Beatles started hanging out with Bob Dylan, and on that tour. Bob Dylan introduced the Beatles to marijuana, mm. and Mary and Larry Kane was in the room when that happened. And oh. it, it, he's written at least one book, maybe two, um, yeah. about his history with the with the band as well. It's pretty fascinating. So, Nick, I was telling you, uh, Preston earlier about uh, there's a part in the in the movie where they're in the studio recording and they're doing whatever. So he's watching Preston. He got whatever gets you through the night was um, was inspired by remember Reverend Ike. Uh, uh, vaguely, right. I know so the you, name. A tele- but... a televangelist, and and he basically in one of his Sermons says, yeah, whatever gets you through that night. Uh, and Len- Lennon heard that yep. and went with it. So they're recording this, they're in the recording studio. And who's down the hall? John, uh, uh, John. John walks in. He goes, hey, um, you want to you wanna sing on this and maybe play a little piano? Like, and I'm thinking, knowing that song, I'm thinking, okay, oh, the contracts and managers call and we'd like to have Elton come in. Okay, he's available. No, it's just like, organically happening that they're all going to each other's studios. Lennon thought the world of Bowie, like Lennon thought Bowie was, you know, genius level Uh and and vice versa. But yeah, uh, yeah, these things that, you know, you think were these arduous things to get these songs completed. We're just sort of, let's take it out for a spin. Yeah. It's amazing. It's like in, in, uh, the the Get Back documentary. A lot of it was just goofing around. Just whiffing yeah. around. That's what they did. They just got together and goofed around for hours and 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 puked out some amazing music. <laughs> you know? Isn't it funny, though, that Lennon would be the one, like, looking at the clock going, come on. Yeah. We, we, let's get serious about this. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. Well, that was cool talking to me. Uh, we need to take a break. I'll remind you, it's Tattoo Tuesday, so text word Tattoo to 39333. Our friends at Floating World Tattoo and Piercing have a chance for you to a $350 gift certificate for a Preston Steve theme tattoo. Uh, when we return, we are scheduled to have actor Chris Davis, who will be playing George Foreman. George Foreman. And big George Foreman, the biopic uh, with us in the studio. So stay put. We'll be back in a moment. The MMR app can't remember your Wawa order, but it can pair with your Bluetooth or Apple or Android car system, streaming us right into your speakers. Oh, and if you could grab us a meatball shorty and an iced tea, that'd be great. Thanks. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. 
and coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic solitaire Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Um, so I said that we were scheduled to have uh, Chris Davis, who's playing George Foreman in the uh, biopic, Big George Foreman, The Miraculous Story of the once future heavyweight champion of the world. Uh, we're scheduled to have him at 930. Okay. So we've got a little That's bit of fine. time. And we'll probably take a break and come back. Is it fine? I think it's fine. Okay, it's fine then. All right. So uh, while we, we have a couple of things that we can talk about, and... Um, Steve, you wanted me to play some clips of Jeremy Renner? Yeah, it was on Jimmy Kimmel last night. And again, on his I Can't Believe This Guy Was Just Run Over By A Snowplow Tour, uh-huh. um, he was he was great. So, uh, yeah, we have some clips if you'd like to cycle through them. Sure. Uh, the first one up is uh, his current tally of how many broken bones they believe he has. All right. You broke more than 30 bones? Yeah, it's like 30, 35 or so. 35 or so. Yeah, when yeah. you have to say or so when you're counting up yeah, yeah. loans you broke. <laughs> we kept discovering them as they were going along because it went from critical order of, of, you know, priority of like, what's, what am I going to die from or not? And then, you know, it was six weeks later, finding another break and another break and another break. So this really, let's put you in evil Knievel territory. Yeah, I know? guess. Yeah. You know, it's like, I got, I got lucky in a lot of ways. So um, I'm happy to be here. And uh, obviously he was concerned about his loved ones and the re- their reaction to this. What was- One thing I thought about, you know, once I was clear enough, this is still while I was on the ground before the, the ambulance even got there. It was like what my experience was like. But then I had to think about Alex's because Alex was there during the entire time. And he had You're to see his yeah. Jeremy on the ground. I had to consider what his perspective was. And right. then that kept happening with everyone's perspective throughout this entire ordeal. And it's pretty harrowing to take the time to really consider somebody else's perspective. First of all, it's, it's thoughtful, but it's... Uh, when did you have that, start having those thoughts? How far into this? Pretty, I mean, as I was on the ground. It, well, I mean, I was there for 45 minutes, oh. so I had some time. Oh. Wow. Oh, <laughs> man. And then um, it's funny, and, and, it, and I think we all have had moments like this where he was able to judge the severity of his situation by the look in other people's eyes when right. they saw him. All right, here we yeah. go. That's where I sort of found out that I think I was really messed up. Uh-huh. Like, I thought I really got injured. Like, oh, everybody's acting like this is like, like it's an open casket and you're living through it. Like, everybody's just walking by. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> It was giving me a reaction. Like, oh, I didn't know what to say. I just talked to Chris Evans. I talked to um, a, lot, a lot of friends. And their, their reaction is making me feel like, oh, I think I'm really hurt myself. Yeah. I might not pull out of this. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they're terrible actors. They couldn't hide the fact that I look <laughs> <laughs> I'm worse at that when when one of my kids would injure themselves. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that looks really bad. That's horrible. That's yeah. probably not going to. Be- You're not going to pull. It. Yeah. It's a oh, wait man. and see right now. Yeah. Uh, I remember being at and it, this. Listen, uh, somebody didn't get run over by a snowplow, but uh, I was at my son's wrestling match and there was like this little stage. A kid fell off the stage. He smacked his face and uh, and he split his his face open and I saw it. 
he clearly needed stitches. Yeah. It was, it was, and the the mom started like freaking out. But I didn't want to like sell her a bill of goods. Right, and, you know, right. like oh, he's gonna be fine. I'm on the radio. Yeah, no, no. Well, listen. <laughs> I mean, I assess the situation. Yeah. I've, I've, you know, I've been uh, certified in first aid on a, more than one occasion. So I, I kind of have a working, a little bit of a working. So what you do, doctor? So I just said, I said, I tried to calm her down. I said he's going to be fine. I said, uh, but you need to take him to the hospital because he needs stitches. You yeah. know, and it was just like one of those deals. But, you know, like, and I didn't want to like, oh, my God. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I can see his bone. No, but like, you know, I had to be like matter of fact about it. That's probably what they tell most of their first responders, right? Yeah. <laughs> Rochelle, Rochelle would always swoop in and just be like, it's fine. You're going to be okay. Don't yeah. worry about it. And, and I'd be like, I swear to God, my words are usually like, yeah, that looks pretty bad. That's not yeah. good, man. Um, I, I just, I can't You're hanging it. on by a thread. Yeah. Caroline went uh, head over here. On a bike one oh, time, uh, as we were headed down this big hill in our neighborhood, and boom, road rash hit. The, it was horrible. Uh-huh. And I, I get her off to the side and everything, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's a pretty nasty looking." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, you know, why did I even say that? I'm yeah. so stupid. You're gonna have to learn to live without a head." I just don't. Yeah. No, I don't have that in me to lie right. and say you're gonna be fine. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm more like, "Yeah, this is probably gonna hurt a bit." Oh no, um, I'm immediate. I'm like, "Nope, looks good, looks fine. Don't, don't worry about it. Nothing. We don't." Need, Go and next then, door and play. Yeah, yeah, no, and then we're like at the hospital. I'm like, we're just going to get it checked out. Like, yeah. we're just going to see and nine stitches later. Well, right. that's what I mean with with Jace's uh, appendix. You know, you 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 don't you don't naturally jump to that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not your natural nope, first. No, it's thought. okay. Like, don't worry yeah. about it. We're just going to get it checked out because you don't want them to worry. Yeah, yeah. Everything that uh, like any sort of signi- significant injury when I was a child. Like, I had to live with for a couple of days before we actually went to the doctor. Like, my broken hand. I broke my hand on, like, a Friday. I didn't get it casted until, like, Monday or Tuesday. Uh, I bur- I had third-degree burns on my leg. I had to literally crawl into this doctor's office because my mom wouldn't let me use uh, crutches. She thought I was I was amping it up. But, like... I don't want to yeah. jinx anything. I don't, I've not broken any bones. Are you, have you all broken bones? Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. No. No, no, it's when they're not broken bone club. I know, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Knock on wood, Steve. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know how that. Well, by all rights, your, I should have. What about your uh, your huge injury from dodgeball? That, well, I was saving a life. Yeah, uh, you know, during a dodge, a particularly aggressive dodgeball game. But as you can see, it's kind of straightened back out again. I don't yeah. think it was oh my broken. Gosh, it did. Yeah, what we're talking about. After years, it's yeah. straightened well, out. I, there was a great uh, a specialist from Zurich, a pinky man. Oh, okay, you was in. Yeah, I'm a pinky man. Myself. I'm the world's leading pinky man. This one went to market. Uh, but, uh, well, you're lucky then because uh, broken bones are not fun. Mm-hmm. You've had, now you, I think, take the prize for you had both wrists broken at the same time. Yeah, but Nick has the severity. Oh, one that's true. Because he broke his collarbone. The collarbone. Yeah. And my ankle. And what else? Uh, is that it? As far as no, breaks? the Achilles. What was that? Well, it was ruptured Achilles and torn calf. What about your orbital? Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's several. Yeah. You're like the bionic the, man now. I d- um, yeah. No, Casey, that that one sucked because that's probably the most embarrassing of all of them, the dancing at the wedding one. And right. that was uh, <laughs> ruptured Achilles. And dancing to Madonna. Yeah. I support you. Thank uh, you. You weren't dancing to Rage Against the Machine. I, I probably looked like such a jackass, uh, which is par for the course. But, yeah, it was uh, ruptured Achilles and torn calf mm-hmm. muscle. And the... And the gross thing about that is that when 
the Achilles ruptured, oh, the yeah. calf muscle kind of like curled up my yes. my calf, uh, the back of my like leg. Like bicep, right? bicep, t- bicep tears happened that yeah. same. My brother had it, and he, he said mm. it felt as if someone had pulled on the lower part of his bicep, like a, like a, a window shade, yeah. and released it. My poor ex-wife had to uh, wheel me down the hall in a hotel chair because we were at a wedding in uh, New Hampshire, and uh, and then the next day we had to drive. <laughs> Honestly, God, all of New your Hampshire. injuries require somebody. To do have to do something. You had to get carried up a mountain. Yeah. Uh, you had to get uh, the, carried off a mountain. Carried off a mountain by the mountain patrol or whatever. Yeah. Do you know out of a creek. Uh, a good yeah. point, though, Casey and and Nick. So when when uh, you know when Claire went on her safari with um, her friend Kelly uh, from here, um, she uh, I paid to have this. Uh, it's like an insurance thing with the the particular device, the Garmin device, which yeah. I later beat to death with a hammer, but. Uh, they 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 have um, they do have this insurance you can take out mm-hmm. where they will airlift you out and they provide all of that sort of you're out and about a lot that might be worth looking into oh no well we have it oh uh, you do and, okay but we um, the biggest mistake that I made when I fell off the mountain in Washington <laughs> State um, was that uh, we had we didn't turn it on. And, and because we thought we were just going out for a casual day hike, and it ended up being much more serious. We right. ran out of water. There's a series of mistakes, but we had that device, Steve, and and could have used it and could have been activated, and then Park Service could have found us, but we just didn't bring it with us. It's that a day. small device person that that uses like a SAT system. Yeah. Hey, I have a question. This is uh, slightly related to this because uh, you know my my father's moved in with us, and now we're we're yeah. keeping an eye on him, and obviously he's he's advanced in age. He's 84 years old. If there is a medical emergency, hmm. is it better to rush that person to the uh, to the hospital yourself or to call an ambulance? So Depends. I know what's happening now. That and this same it's the same question has come up regarding the police and when they encounter certain like a, sh- a shooting victim or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think now the. You're right, Case. You have to assess it, and mm-hmm. there's a couple of parameters. But more often than not, they will drive the person to the hospital because of cost, because of the immediacy they've got. Well, to, yeah, that's yeah. my concern. Would yeah. it be quicker for me to put my, you know, someone in my house in the car and drive to the hospital as opposed to wait for the ambulance to get there? Yeah. But when the ambulance gets there or the EMTs, they can start medical assistance right away. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's kind of my... Hold on, Marissa's holding her hand, former firefighter here. I'm fairly certain I learned this by listening to this radio show. <laughs> oh, um, oops. I, I should have learned it then. <laughs> I'm the one asking the question. I just remember recently somebody talking about um, somebody had a heart attack and the paramedics arrived and they were able to give the person medicine yes. that they would not have gotten if they had been driven to the hospital. Okay, that's kind of so, what I was thinking. It was kind of like get on the phone with nine one one immediately, and they will instruct you what to do. So, well, depending upon what Steve, as you're saying, depending upon what the injury is, yeah. um, they're going to guide you into what the best decision is. So, what you're saying is, if if your father starts to have, God forbid, a heart issue, mm-hmm. shoot him. Oh, okay. Jesus. Yeah. All right. So, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I thought you were going to say to do a tracheotomy. No, no but here's the thing you could do. With a gun. Get an Apple yeah. AirTag and staple it on the inside of his ass. Okay. Yeah, and then you can tr- you can track him. Okay, okay, good. But, Nick, of all the injuries, which one hurt the most? I got to imagine the collarbone. Collarbone, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah, that, that was bad. That's uh, a big-ass bone. It, yeah, and the severity of that break uh, was, was bad, and I needed screws as a result. The um, Also, the, the tearing of the Achilles and, and the calf muscle injury, uh, that one was masked by a lot of alcohol. Ah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I oh. felt okay. okay. Weren't you yeah. skiing to the music of Lisa, Lisa and the Cold Jam? <laughs> DLC. Hit the beat now. 
<laughs> Preston, there was something you missed last week, though. Um, we were talking to somebody who was talking, who was um, works for like a company that does like devices, like Apple AirTag yes. type of devices, like slip and fall. And they said sometimes um, when a family member passes, people will put the device yes. in the box live yes. and mail it. What? Back to the company. So they said they all the time they get false calls from like a post office or, yeah. because the box fell over and they have to call the post office and say, is there a human being in right. your exactly. office right now okay. in That's an emergency? That's right, That's funny. Mm-hmm. Wow. When I, when I uh, hurt myself on the uh, the when I broke my ankle, um, I, I had to be carted off. You know, the, somebody came in and got me, and they took me in an ambulance, and the ambulance took me to the hospital. Um, and we were, you know, a mile and a half or whatever from the parking lot when that happened. Uh, and that hospital, uh, the ambulance ride was covered by insurance. Preston, but um, if I had been another mile or so in, they would have had to medevac me out. And uh, the, I learned later that that helicopter ride would have been something in the neighborhood of twenty-five to forty thousand dollars. Sure, and so what? I, and sometimes yeah. that's covered by insurance, and sometimes it's not. So yeah. um, that's and, what the Garmin. That, that sadly, that. you have to pay attention to these types of things. Yeah. And and uh, ambulance rides are can save a life and, yeah. and are uh, can be really helpful. But sometimes they just can be enormously expensive. Yep. Remember when my dad broke his femur? He mm-hmm. called my brother, and my brother got there and. He was like, what do you think I'm going to do for you right now? He goes, just get me in the car. My brother was like, no, I can't. Not moving It you. took them four EMTs to get my dad up onto oh, the, the gurney, the gurney yeah. and into the ambulance. Could and your brother have just put him over his shoulder and dragged him th- out? I mean, that's what he wanted him to, but, but that is exactly what my... <laughs> yeah. just- do a dead man carry. That's all you got to do. It's your dad telling him that. Yeah, but that's Pull me my, by my ears. That's what my dad was worried about, was wow. the price of the ambulance. Oh, okay. Hang on. Gregory has a point. We got to take a break here in just a second because our guests are going to be arriving shortly. Hi, Gregory. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Listen, if if uh, your loved one goes in the ambulance, they go right back into the ER, whereas if you take them in your car, they're going to have yeah. to wait. That could be hours and hours, and whatever medical condition they have, it mm-hmm. could actually be worse. Okay, so yeah. so they get they get priority um, if if you arrive in the ambulance. What if Absolutely. you drive them to the hospital and shoot them in the parking lot? No, because honestly, I I had a vision and I'm trying to run these scenarios yeah. through my mind, and I'm like, do I if if my dad is having an episode, say a stroke or something like that, do yeah. I run into the ER and just yell? This is happening. Go get them right I, now. I think Gregory's right in that. It, well, they, they're gonna they're gonna beeline you right back yeah. for for right. assistance. Okay. We're taking care of my in-laws, Preston. Very similar situation to to your dad, and we we learned the hard way. And plus, if you know, if they're in their eighties, they have medical conditions. Yeah. If you're not sure, just just call the ambulance. You should, you know, if you're yeah. going to err, it should be erring on the side of the totally, person, you know? totally. Yeah. yeah. All right, thanks. I man. mean, I lived through this. When my dad was literally dying, and we yeah. we had him in the uh, the ER waiting room, and we were there forever and ever and ever. And I was like, um, I was getting really frustrated because the nurse sure. was actually being a total bitch, dude. I had and, that uh, happen, and before. and um. Uh, I actually was like, I think I'm going to have to wheel him out to the to the sidewalk and call an ambulance because we're not getting any attention here. And and the nurse was like, What happens in that? We uh, people have mentioned. I called Doctor Mike and he ended up getting things, right. You know. But but we've asked about that scenario. Yeah. If you've already gone in and started the paperwork and then brought them out to the parking lot and called an ambulance, would that? Work? I, I think I think that's a no no. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it is, but they can't t- they can't go. No, you got to go walk back in. Like I don't think that it, that an EMT could like turn their back and say, "Nope, sorry, you already yeah, checked wonder, in." Yeah. Uh, wait, I have a question about this. Is what I always think. So we, we worry about these costs that come along with it. But if you're speaking about an elderly person, right? What happens to these costs if they pass away? 
Oh, the charge for ambulance fee mm-hmm. and stuff like that? Full refund. I get you. No, but that's hey, what... Sorry, man. Yeah. No, Did but... you keep the receipt? But honestly, like, I would think just yeah. call. Who cares? Because oh, something happens to them, like... It's not on you, right? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's a service that, uh, you know. Maybe we start the Preston Steve Ambulance Service. Okay, I'm listening. Uh, Not the most effective medical care. (laughs) Right. But we'll refund your loss. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that might seem attractive to some people. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you die, we don't get paid. That's our selling point. Terrible medical care, but. Sorry, Tennessee. Uh, I will go to Mike next. Yo, Mike. Yo, what's up? Yo, buddy. What you got to tell? Hi, Mike. We're calling up here from Reading, PA. Um, Just just last fall, I I was having chest pains, went into my doctor's office. They sent me by ambulance into the hospital, wheeled me in the double doors by ambulance, wheeled me back out the double doors in the waiting room, and I sat there for approximately what? five oh and a half hours. Five, five hours? hours? Oh Chest my God. pains. Chest pains? Did that's, they, like, that's, they, that's crazy. That's priority. That obviously. Yeah. So I was furious. I literally called my um, – I felt fine. I was just a little worried. I called my neighbor who I knew was getting done work. And I said, swing by the emergency room and pick me up. And I just left. That's crazy. Wow. Would they have responded better or quicker, Mike, if you said you were crowning? Oh, my uh, God. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Get this man in right the away. He's coming out. He's crowning. Yeah. Wow. All right. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Hang on. I'm going to go next to Joe. Hi, Joe. Good morning. Hey, Preston and Steve. How you guys doing? Good, oh, buddy. Wow. What's up, Joe? Hey, so I work in a hospital, and um, we see it all the time that uh, ambulances will bring patients in, and it all has to do with the severity. They'll come in the ambulance stores and go right out to the waiting room if it's not something severe enough. Okay. But at least, I would think, Joe, at least they have advanced information, the the, the ambulance team, the EMTs, whatever it may be, and they can, you, you guys will pay attention to those guys right away and realize that it's a priority. Yeah, absolutely. And if you once you get registered, too, you're in, so... If you leave the hospital, you're going to get a bill. And then if you leave the hospital, call an ambulance, then it's just like a double whammy. Yeah, you're going to get a couple more bills. Okay. Interesting. All right. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate that, bud. All right. See you. Uh, Let me have Dave next. Hi, Dave. Good morning. Dave! Hey, Gadzooks, everybody. Gadzooks. (laughs) Gadzooks, bud. What's up? Well, I was, as Steve knows, uh, you know, I have had a procedure done six months ago. I know you, Dave. Um, yeah, yeah. Dave McKay, yeah, right? And uh, the, the, I actually just got the full um, breakdown of how much everything was. It was close to $100,000. Whoa, whoa, what? Yeah, with all the procedure, with everything having to go back and get the, the, the procedure reversed. Um, the, the ambulance ride was $3,000. I just got the bill like two months ago for Three, that. Geez. How, how much of it or of, of any of it was covered by insurance? Uh, pretty much most of it. Okay. So, I mean, I was pretty lucky, but I mean, you know, I, I, I have two different insurances that are, that pick up, so I'm, I'm okay. Wow. Yes. And I, I can vouch for the fact you were just walking by around my house the other day. So yeah, good, good for you. I'm glad they took care of that. That's a whopping cost. Mm. And then uh, if yeah. If, I couldn't believe the paper when I read the, the, the it wasn't a bill, which is basically, you know, a breakdown of, of everything. I mean, everything. Pills, like all the way down to the pills. I'm like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's uh, that's heavy duty. So. All right, thanks, uh, Dave. Man. All right, guys. Love yeah, you. Love, uh, love you, man. 
Um, by the way, this says, uh, if we do the Preston Steve Amelin service, uh, this is a text that came in, uh, Jackie's the driver and Pierre's the navigator. Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> oh, dear. We're in a cul-de-sac. <laughs> and Jackie drives fast, though. He does he? drive yeah. fast, yeah. but. No cut. Uh, let me see. We're going to have to break here in a moment, but we're going to go to Andrew. Andrew, good morning. Andrew. <laughs> hey, what's up? You guys rock. Woo-hoo. Thank you, man. All right, it says, uh, are you, do you work for EMT? I work for pre-hospital EMS in Chester County. EMS, okay. All right, and what do you want to share with us? So, basically, I just wanted to kind of weigh in on the whole coming by ambulance, getting in quicker thing. That is a huge misconception. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, with how busy the hospitals have been recently, especially after COVID, with everyone going back to the hospitals and how understaffed the hospitals have been, uh, not to mention the closing of Brandywine and Jennersville in Chester County, that right. just if you come in by ambulance does not necessarily mean that you're always going to be seen quicker. We, we've taken people to the waiting room all the time. Hey, Andrew, can I ask you a quick question about um, the ERs and the uh, the advent of uh, the urgent care centers? Do, have you noticed that ERs are less crowded these days because of the uh, urgent cares popping up all over the place? I'll tell you what, to be honest with you, I've seen more people use ERs as urgent cares. Uh, oh. one, of the hospitals, one of the hospitals on the main line is actually seeing people from the waiting room and discharging them right from the waiting room because... You know, they triage them, they check them out, and they write them. They, they can send them back to their primaries, or they see, hey, you know what? You don't really need to go back to the ER. Uh-huh. We can handle this right in the uh, in the waiting room. Um, especially some of the bigger hospitals who have triage rooms, like four or five triage rooms in the in the waiting room. Um, we've seen hospitals to designate nurses and even physicians out to the waiting room, and then so people will be seen, treated, and released right from the waiting room. Wow, Andrew, which is better, Ross or TJ Maxx? <laughs> Uh, probably H&M. Okay. Oh, wow. Wow. He's, a, he's a medical professional. Yeah, you know? he's H&M. H&M is not anywhere near TJ Maxx or Ross. H&M, wow. H&M is a little take up. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I it's mean, got, two floors, it's got, yeah, got two floors, man. Yeah. Floors. floors is well, an escalator. Oh, this, this guy is a medical. He knows yeah, I, I understand that, yeah. but there are some TJ Maxx's that have to, that have two floors. And, okay. And, and sure. Of Ross. And, sure. you know, listen, you dress for less. Agree to disagree. Ross. All right. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we called him. And how how did, like, Marshalls completely get snubbed in this? Uh, well, it's equation. not part of the medical community. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like TJ Maxx's. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, That's all right in the name. Tongue depressor. Are we good to take a break now and have our guests here, or do we ramble on for a little longer? Give me one second. Uh, Casey's checking, because I want to try to time this out a little bit. Dear Casey, we will be there in three minutes. Let's uh, let's take a break. Casey says we can take a break, so we'll (laughs) do that. But uh, anyhow, thank you for your calls. We do appreciate that. We're going to come back in a moment. Don't forget Tattoos Day. So uh, by the end of the program, we'll uh, give away that Preston and Steve tattoo, courtesy of Floating World Tattoo and Piercing on South Street. So text word tattoo two three nine three three three, And don't forget... 30 minutes from now, exactly. Concert cash, your chance to win a thousand bucks in MMRBQ tickets. We'll be back in a moment. 93.3 WMMR proudly supports the American Cancer Society Bikeathon, Bridge to the Beach, celebrating 51 years of riding for a world without cancer. Hey, it's Marcus. Join me and Team WMMR on Sunday, June 11th for this family-friendly ride to save lives. All Team WMMR riders can now access group pricing for Team WMMR jerseys and other great cycling apparel from Volet and their Made in America. The first 50 team members that hit their fun Fundraising goal will get $50 towards their purchase thanks to our great sponsor, Tam and Inc., because everybody has the right to access information.
information. Register to ride with Team WMMR. Get complete details at WMMR.com or text BIKE to 39333 for a link to the info. The ACS Bikeathon and 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. Our next guest is starring in a film that is opening on the 28th. The title is Big George Foreman, the miraculous story of the once and future heavyweight champion of the world. And he's a native of Camden, New Jersey. Yes. And we're excited to have him here this morning. Please welcome Chris Davis. Yeah. Thank you. Nice to see you, Chris. Thanks for being here, man. Nice to see you, too. Uh, I am so happy that the George Foreman story has made it to the big screen. Uh, I've been a fan of George Foreman for a long time. Um, And it's funny because uh, he he came uh, into my life when when he made his big comeback. Uh, in the 1990s, yeah, and then uh, he, we, a lot of people came to know him as this wonderful, happy guy <laughs> selling for George Foreman grills and all this stuff. But if you take a look back in the history of George Foreman, and you see some of the video, the the footage of him getting ready to fight Frazier, he was a terror. He was one of the scariest looking, most serious, determined people I've ever seen in my life, and I mean that as a compliment mm-hmm. as far as boxing goes. So uh, I, I'm glad that we're going to find out more about his life, his story, and what it's all about. How much did you know before this role came to you? Uh, before doing this role, I didn't know much about Mr. Foreman except the fact that he was a fighter. Right. Yeah. You know, and... Um, you are a fight fan, though. I am a yeah, fight yeah, yeah. fan, so... But I didn't really under, uh, know the history of fighting right. as it pertained to Mr. Foreman. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was coming up, you know, you had uh, the Tysons, the Holyfields. Um, you were a Lennox Lewis? Lennox Lewis yeah. fan. Yeah. Um, Things like that, but I didn't. I didn't even rem- uh, remember his second comeback, so I didn't know that he had a second comeback. And the only thing I knew about him as a fighter was he was the hurdle that uh, Ali had to get over. Yeah, yeah. You know? But I was always wondering what that guy's story was because mm. I think people forget that Ali was not the champ at that time. Right. That Foreman was the champ, and Ali was coming for the belt. But you know, Ali is Ali, so it's easy to bypass a champion. Like Mr. Foreman. Yeah. So when I got the role and I started to do my research on Mr. Foreman, I found it interesting that he was such an intellectual fighter in the ring, right? Because people know him for his brutality. Yeah. But when you really watch all of his fights, you go back to his Olympic fights and then you watch some of his earlier fights and then you see him with Joe Frazier. When you watch him with Joe Frazier, he's using a lot of uh, defensive tactics that are really smart in the ring. You know, uh, Ali... It's a great point because, I mean, yeah. and we talked about this, you know, and we've had discussions. I just took a deep dive into some of the old footage of mm-hmm. a foreman last night. And people naturally think, well, they're just slabs of meat that they don't, you know, there, there is, you know, it's, it's, it is a science, as they say, to it. And to watch some of the footage of him in particular is yeah. amazing. He, he actually, um, he picked up boxing and a year later he was in the Olympics winning a gold medal. Impossible. In it, one year. That I is mean, impossible. Yeah. I, but, you know, that that just Mr. Foreman's purpose and what he was born for was to fight, you know, was to box. I mean, I mean, that's virtuosic, man. He just, it was just in him to be able to step into the ring and a year later win Olympic gold. You know, people train their entire lives from youth all the way up and they, they may get to the Olympics and never win gold, never even place. I'm old enough to remember all of that, and 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 I mean, Preston, you can recall. Uh, you're younger, obviously, Chris, but the these these things were 
global. Oh, I mean, my they, goodness. They, they were, they were, oh. they, you go to the movie theaters and watch them on closed circuit. You know, like that's what they used to call it. You'd mm. pay to go, and, and you'd be like, like a, a the movie theater would become a boxing, you know, ring, and it yeah. was just crazy how how focused they were. And, and Foreman was just such a formidable force. And, and so you actually went and talked to uh, to George himself. I did, and, and um, you were a little carried away, weren't you, while you were talking to him? Apparently, it was hard to focus on. It was hard to focus yeah, yeah. Uh, on asking him questions, yeah. <laughs> because I just was in awe. Of the man I was sitting next to. Yeah. You know, again, I heard stories about him. I saw the Ali fight. Yeah. I I um, remember the George Foreman grill. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the commercials. Yeah. Which yeah. is part of Which the Which is movie. part of the legacy yeah, of yeah. Mr. Foreman. But I had done so much research up until that point, so he became bigger to me than he ever was before. And I had read all of his autobiographies. Yeah. So sitting in front of this man... <laughs> As he's talking to me, I was just staring at him, and he's he's talking, and he's talking, and he's talking, and I'm just staring at him, and he's trying to figure out more stuff to say, and I'm like, I heard this voice say, Chris, ask him a question. I was like, uh, 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 so, 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 uh, for me, you know, I couldn't think of what to ask him, because he would talk, and I just wanted to listen, man, you know, he was, he was giving me gems and jewels that weren't in the autobiographies, that weren't in the interviews, you know? Chris, I want to ask you about playing somebody else as, as an actor because, and that person obviously is still alive and, and, and people know him and recognize him. Um, how much do you want to uh, do an impression of that person? How much do you want to uh, uh, honor that person? And how much do you want to bring your own vo- voice to the role and be you as that person? Look, first, I am who I am. Mr. Foreman is who he is. And I can never be Mr. Foreman. All I can do is try to do a proper representation of Mr. Foreman and his legacy at that time, you know. Um, But it's Mr. Foreman. This isn't somebody, you know, who um, did something miraculous and no one ever heard about. Right. Everybody knows this man (laughs) in one capacity or another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So immediately that hits your nerves. This is easy to mess up, <laughs> you know. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. Um, in in researching the role and, and doing this, I was wondering if you talked to his family, and if so, did you talk to George, 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 or George? <laughs> well, I did meet a George and another George. Okay, <laughs> while hanging out with George. For those who uh, he named all his sons George. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, it was it was nice meeting him, um, and it was nice to to get more insight on his legacy and I just wanted to do it justice, man. Yeah. I wanted to do his fight legacy justice because that's something, again, that's easy to bypass because of, of that era where Ali was. You could just completely ignore... You've got to pay... Yeah, you've got to pay, pay, pay tribute. And, and, and also just, it does, it, it re-incites people to visit the, just what a an athlete... He was, yeah. The return story alone yes. could fuel a movie. Yes. You're taking his life from the, the, the abject poverty of his childhood... Mm-hmm into what made him a little bit twisted, his mm-hmm. eventual uh, near-death, death, death mm-hmm. experience, death experience yeah, yeah. That, that turned him around, turned him towards towards God, and, right. and started the second chapter of his life. Right. But in so doing, you you had to do the thing that sometimes actors are called upon. I'm thinking Raging Bull and De Niro. You had to do that weight fluctuation. I did. Uh, and, and so I think, what was it, 50, 60 pounds? Yeah, so um, we took... We took six weeks off, so we, we shot in two blocks. The first block was the early years, the championship years, and we shot out of sequence. So week by week, I was shifting my weight. One week, I would be 225, then I had to bump up to 242. Um, 
to be the champion, right? 17 pounds? Yeah. In so, a short amount of time? I mean, it was crazy. So, But you were doing it, and I read about this, I thought this was fascinating. I, De Niro talks about going to Italy and wolfing down pasta and peas. You you took like a um, like a more uh, you just ate a lot of really healthy food. So again, so that was the first block I was just talking about. So, so that's just one block. That was one block. So then the second block, right? We took six weeks off for me to gain the weight to do the second his, his return, right? Wow. Where he had all of that weight. So I only had six weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a, a nutritionist gave me a plan. 4,000 calories a day for days where I wasn't working, 5,000 for days where I was filming, and 6,000 for days where I was box tra- boxing training. But it wasn't. I was never going to make weight, so I mixed and matched it, and I did 7,000 calories a day. 7,000? Oh. And you said yeah. you're, you're basically never not eating. Never not the cameras eating. Are Literally eating all day. Yeah. Um, and uh, I went from 225 to 275 in five weeks, oh, and Jesus. I got up to 282 total. And you were eating mostly like a Mediterranean diet? I was. Uh, I, I am pescatarian. Yeah, yeah. So I did a pescatarian diet, didn't do any dairy, no sugar. Which is, which is wild because you're, you're, you're going out of sequence. You're mm-hmm. having to change your body that much. Yeah. So we know Rob McElhenney from It's Always Sunny and, you know, who, who did a, a, a big weight gain and then mm-hmm. dropped and got all cut up. It can wreak havoc with your body if it you're can. not doing it right. It can. And yeah. that's, that was my main concern because I didn't want to, you know eat a bunch of dairy, and then eat a bunch of uh, meat, which I hadn't eaten for years. Right. And uh, eat a bunch of sugar uh, because I, was, I wasn't I was sure how the weight was going to... I've never been 280 pounds. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I kind of float around 232 just yeah. naturally. So I, I was like, look, man, if I'm going to get to about 280... This has to come back off, and that was my main concern. Well, Forrest Whitaker, who plays your the the, the, and the real individual in, in George Foreman's life, is trainer, basically, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a line in the movie uh, uh, where uh, you went from a Superman to the Michelin Man, <laughs> which is, which is, is, but I mean, there's a, there's a tremendous amount. They, did they offer you a fat suit at any point? They did. Yeah. They did. Um, and when they offered me the fat suit, I felt some kind of way. Yeah. Because I felt like, hey, this is Mr. Foreman's legacy. He worked so hard to build his legacy, and I have to do justice to that. And I feel like I can gain the weight. So I think it'd be hard to. I think you're going to act the. I mean, I know it's called acting, but I think to know what it really is to carry that weight as yeah, opposed exactly. to carrying an artificial weight exactly. was that your thinking? Well, my thinking, my thinking was that um, first and foremost, I, I believe that I'm a professional, right? And um, I, I believe you know in uh, pushing it to the limit, right, as safely as you can. And I felt like I could do it, yeah. you know, and I would like to, I, I, what I wanted to do was to make it as authentic as possible, even with the fight, fighting, right? Uh, we made real contact with the fighting, right? Uh, I wanted to make sure that the weight... How does that I, work? Where, where you're, I mean, I mean, we talk about a classic pulling punches, or are you, are you basically sparring plus? Sparring plus. Okay. okay. All right. Sparring plus. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we made those kind of sacrifices in the film, and I just felt like uh, gaining the weight was a part of that journey. Oh. You know, I, I personally, as an actor, needed to do that. Yeah. I needed to do that for myself, and I wanted to give justice to his legacy. By That's wild. That. Chris, you talked about being in awe of, uh, of George Foreman. Uh, how about Forrest Whitaker? Also, in I mean, that's got to be. You talk about, you know, one of the grades. Yeah, that was crazy. Big yeah, man. <laughs> you know, like I remember the first scene that we did, and it's not in the film. Uh, and thank God because I probably would have looked really weird doing it. <laughs> <Okay>. Because <laughs> he came over and he started to act, and 
kind of like when I was talking to Mr. Foreman, I kind of got stuck. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he started doing all this really, these very soft nuances with his work. And I kind of tilted my head when I was looking at him <laughs> because it was miraculous watching, watching how smooth he was. Mm. And there was one day we had finished doing this big scene. It was a long day. And I had uh, come behind the monitors to see what was going on. And they were pushing it on, on Forrest Whitaker. And he had no lines. All he had to do was think. Yeah. And he told a complete story in like 15 seconds. And I said, that's the kind of actor I want to be. Wow. Yeah, he taught me so much just by doing his thing. The, the wow. same, you're talking the same guy played Edie Amin and was in mm-hmm. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, his range. His range. range is incredible. Yeah. You know. Wow. So, so, and you're, you're relatively new in your career here. Uh, uh, to me, I'm fast. We're fascinated by that concept of, of the, 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 the craft of acting. And I love that story from years ago about about working in in you know small for the big screen. Mm-hmm. Are we, do we have to do the contest here? Well, yeah, we got to take about thirty seconds to do this thing, Chris, real quick. Here, Why don't you think about my question? <laughs> think about Steve's question. <laughs> and I, I have to do this because we have to hit it uh, right on the head at nine o'clock, or I'm sorry, ten o'clock, which it is right now. So we're going to do this real quick, and then we're going to return to Chris here in a second. MMR's concert cash. Here's your concert cash keyword. All right, listen up. The word is believe, B-E-L-I-E-V-E. We're going to give you until 15 minutes after the hour to enter it. You can either do it on the contest page at WMMR.com or the MMR app, or you can text it the special contest short code number, which is 45911. One random entry wins $1,000 in our company-wide contest, and all MMR winners get two tickets to the MMRBQ Saturday, September 16th. Tickets go on sale Friday at 10 a.m., and winners will get a call from Beasley. So make sure you answer your phone. Contest rules available at WMMR.com. It is sponsored by Meineke. So, again, the word is believe, B-E-L-I-E-B-E. Enter that now. Okay. <laughs> I did. We did it. So the question was uh, If about- you are just tuning in real quick, let me reset. We have uh, Chris Davis, who is here, who is starring in the role of George Foreman in Big George Foreman, the miraculous story of the once in future heavyweight champion of the world. It's coming out on April 28th. So, Steve, you were asking? So so when you're, you're on, on set, uh-huh. you start your acting career, and, you're, and the cameras and everybody's around, and, and they, they talk about that, that intimate intimacy of the camera. Is it hard to learn that, that you, you've got to... You, as opposed to the stage where you're just emoting and right. trying to hit the back rows, mm. uh, is is that you know how do you gear yourself to that performance that I see, way? I see what to you're me, saying. it would seem I don't think I'm doing enough. You know? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, well, I would say the difference is is that um, kind of like when you do classical theater, right? A lot of the intention comes through just the language, right? So when you're on film. Your intention comes through your eyes, okay, right? Versus when you're on stage, having to make a larger reaction, right? Right. You don't have to completely turn yourself as much because when you think of a stage, you think of a proscenium, right? You've got this giant stage, these four, these four sectors: top, bottom, left, right, and you just shrink that a little bit, right? And the audience becomes just the camera. Interesting. So you know, an eye movement can tell an entire story. You know, when you're acting in the ring and doing a boxing scene, uh, can you uh, think about the acting portion of it or are you mostly focusing on the boxing portion of it? Well, the thing is, the boxing is is a part of the story. Mm. Right. So I don't have to think about the story being told. All I got to do is is fight. OK. Who right? trained you? Who trained you? 
Um, Daryl Foster, who okay. trained uh, Will Smith for Ali. Uh, he trained, um, uh, what's his name, Miles Teller for B mm. for this. He uh, worked with uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. And I know he's become years. adept at, at, from what I understand reading about him, is that he's become adept at training you to mimic a style. And, and, and it was very important to mimic, obviously you're telling a story, to mm-hmm. mimic form and style. Well, first and foremost, he treats everything like a fight camp. Right. So we're not training for a film. We're training for the heavyweight title fight. Right, right. right? Oh, wow. So when the fighters come in and you're learning all the fights, what you're doing is you're you're, you're sparring. You, you got to glove up. You got to go get it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the way coaches say, let's go get it. Yeah. You know, um, and then. That must have been an eye opener. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was insane, man. <laughs> it was wild. It was wild. But, I mean, with, with like, uh, Will Smith and Ali, you know, I mean, Ali kept his hands down a lot yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So he had to get in that. Yeah. To, to, to be, to, to mimic his style. So you got to learn to fight first. Yeah. Before okay, you, that's you, first. Yes. So you got to learn to fight first before right. you can do that. You'd have no training with this player? I have no training. Okay. Prior with boxing, to this, with boxing period, Ooh. with boxing period, because yeah. your, your man's workout. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, you look I, damn good. I mean, you got up and running, man. Well, thank. Well, yeah. here's the thing: we started to do the training uh, in July yeah. of uh, 21, and we were going to start filming in um, August. Right, man. And we're in we're in New Orleans, <laughs> and I'm in the gym. A couple of guys had come in. We were working out. And I'm looking to my left, my right, and I said, man, they might got the wrong guy for this. I don't know if I could do this. So then a few days later, check this out, a few days later, suddenly a hurricane hits New Orleans. Yeah. Right? Rips the roof off of the production office, rains on all the paperwork, destroys everything. So now we have to pause for three more months which gave me more time ah, to do boxing training. Okay. All right. And that was beautiful because I got a chance to to, to work with Cedric Boswell, right? Um, which really gave me what I needed to understand what it is to be in the ring with a heavyweight fighter, a heavyweight champion level fighter, because Cedric doesn't have a chill button. Mm. Okay. Right. <laughs> Cedric, is, Cedric right. is so strong and so fast, you know. So, uh, yeah, I had that time, so it was beautiful. Uh, Chris, somebody texted in and wanted me to say this to you. They wanted me to say, Thou whose light shall never fail. And they were curious if you knew what that meant. No. <laughs> it's the, the alma mater, it is the, uh, it's the, uh, I guess the Cheney University uh, saying or something out like that. Out of context. Out of context? That was out of context. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nah, you wouldn't know that if I was about that. Uh, so, yeah, it's that, uh, his, uh, his fellow graduates are proud of everything he is doing. This oh, is a, a fellow graduate cool. of uh, Cheney that wanted to let you know that they're really happy with uh, your success so far. From, you. from Camden, right? From Camden, New Jersey. And so I have to ask you, what's your favorite cheesesteak place? <laughs> I assume it's Donkey's, right? Listen, listen, I've had a couple cheesesteaks in my life, and I was never a big cheesesteak fan, not yeah. because they were not good. Right. Well, you're not a meat eater. But I'm yeah, not yeah. a big, yeah, I'm right. not a big meat eater, so not I guess because it they were not good, that. but they always made me sleepy. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Well, we, we were yeah. shocked to find out when about donkeys, you know, like, come oh, what? This is a legendary place. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was delicious. Yeah, it was insanely yeah. good, yeah. so. You might yeah. rethink that meat eating yeah. thing afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we, 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 we know beyond, a uh, guy who makes a hell of a beyond. Uh, oh, yeah, you yeah. do? Yeah. Cheese, oh, uh, cheesesteak, you'll love it. So. Yeah, but yeah. a lot of people try to disqualify donkeys because it's on a, uh, a round 
poppy seed roll nah, and great. blah, blah, blah. No, no. You can't. It's, it's awesome. awesome. It is. It is. Um, so did you study um, acting theater when uh, while at Cheney? Or? I did. Okay. I did. So I went to the Performing Arts High School in Camden, New Jersey first, and that's where I read my first uh, full, scri- uh, full script. Yeah. My first play. So, because uh, I want to ask, because we're going through this right now. My daughter's a junior in high school, and yeah. she does the theater, and we're looking at colleges, and I'm learning the difference between BAs and BFAs, and, you know, so I don't know if... Uh, was yours a BFA or was it a, a BA? It's a BA. Okay. It was a BA, but... But that's good, because then you're able to actually study other things, you know. When you're in a Bachelor of Fine Arts, like, dude, it's a conservatory, and all you do is theater. Well, that, yeah. well what I'll say is this, right? Sure, you, you'll study other things, and sure, you can go to a conservatory and just study that, mm-hmm. but the lessons never stop. Uh-huh. You, it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue, right? There's a, there's a cap on that yeah. for the BA and the BFA. And it has to go higher, right? And some people go to uh, grad school. But even if you go to grad school, there's still more to learn. Oh, yeah. So the thing is, you're always going to be a student of this. Mm. And to remember to always be a student of this. All right? Yeah. Uh, Big George Foreman opens on April 28th. Has Mr. Foreman seen the film? And have you heard from him about your portrayal? He saw the film. Mm Mm-hmm. And he said that he'd watch it a thousand times over. Ah, And that's all you can ask for. That's all you can ask for. He came to set... One day when we were doing the Joe Frazier fight, I heard he was coming. And I came in that day. I didn't want to talk to nobody. <laughs> don't look at me. Don't talk to me. He came in. I couldn't even go over to say hi because all I wanted to do yeah. was make sure that while he was sitting there, that what he saw me doing was his story justice. Right. So I went up in there and me and Carlos Takam, who played Joe Frazier, you know, we started throwing some heat up there and... After he left, one of the producers walked up to me and he said, she said that uh, he was watching the monitors and then he looked over to his daughter and said, that boy can fight. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. You know, you do Mr. Foreman some justice and he gives you a compliment (laughs) like that and you know know you're doing the right thing. When speaking to him and and, uh, doing the the research, uh, what did he tell you about... about Muhammad Ali and about uh, Joe Frazier in particular, those two, because those are the, you know, the the iconic names. What he said about Joe Frazier, I'll start there. Okay. Is that he was terrified. Wow. He said, thank, you know, because you see the iconic image of him staring Joe Frazier down Mm. as they're in the ring and Joe Frazier's rocking left to right. And he said, thank God the camera didn't look at my knees because my legs were shaking. No kidding. He seemed like a man that was impervious to fear. He said he was terrified. Wow. Which well, yeah, brings me to Ali. Mm-hmm. He said the problem with that fight was that he didn't walk in with his bag of fears. He yeah. had no fear. Mm. And he said that was his mistake. He took Ali for granted, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he talked about that fight. And one thing that stood out to me was how he talked about his brutality towards Ali in that fight. He was sitting there and he, he kind of still kind of had some shame about that. That he desperately wanted that, to hurt him. That he wanted to destroy like yeah. physically break this individual and he said i'm hitting him he said people people don't really see what i was doing but he the, he said the places i was hitting him on the back of his neck yeah. on the side he, he said the things i was doing to him he said I, I was just hoping he would recover from that because he was laying some heat <sighs> on him you know hitting him kind of in the back of the neck and mm. things like that so he felt bad about that kind of brutality towards Ali and he really has a lot of respect Who's the actor Ali. who plays Ali in the movie he's excellent That's uh, Sullivan Jones Okay mm-hmm. mm. Was it was it Frazier said uh Foreman was the hardest he'd ever been hit Cuz didn't, didn't Yeah I think so Yeah and that's yeah that might very well might be case and that's saying a lot because 
Mm. <laughs> in the comeback, you know, when you have the 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 more the beefier foreman, mm. you know. So to Preston and I were talking earlier, I mean, so maybe it's um, you're addled by that extra bulk, but there's still the, the knowledge of the sport that and no one saw it coming. I mean, it was borderline laughing stock in the initial mm-hmm. stages. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, here's a thing. And then, oh, my God, he delivered and it just rocked the world. Yeah, that's what I mean by boxing IQ. Right? Yeah. So he always had that. But this time, he used it during his second comeback, right? right? Being a technician in the, in the ring. And that's what carried him, you know, versus trying to be a brawler. You know, he had that cross-body defense. Yeah. His, his, his jabs, his ones and his twos were incredibly sharp. And Michael Moore, you know, felt that. I mean, when you watch that fight, you're yeah. like, how could that punch bring down Michael Moore after the whole fight? But then you watch the fight. And you see how that one-two was landing on Michael Moore that whole time, just breaking wearing, him down, wearing his chin down. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And that that one-two shot that took him down looked like it barely touched. Yes, him, but put him to sleep. Yeah, wow. wow, it's an amazing story. Yeah, I'm excited, Chris. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, April 28th is when uh, the film opens. It's called Big George Foreman: uh, The Mirac- Miraculous. I can't say the word miraculous. <laughs> miraculous <laughs> story. Miraculous <laughs> of uh, the once and future heavyweight champion of the world. So uh, definitely go see this. And we're excited that uh, somebody from our area is getting the spotlight like this. So continued success to you, Thank sir. You. It's wonderful to meet you. Thanks for being nice here. Nice to meet you too. Thanks Look for having for me. Chris, guys. Yeah. Chris on the President and Steve show. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in a second. Hang out, why don't you? In MMR's early days, we used carrier pigeons for requests, but some people got mad at us. So now we have the text line at 39333. It's faster, better, and there's less poop. So text us anytime at 39333. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I hope you were listening a little while ago. Around 10 o'clock when we gave out the concert cash giveaway keyword. Uh, If you weren't, hey, no biggie, because we're going to do it again today, several times. All right, so we did 8 and 10 a.m. We have noon 3 and 5 p.m. to go before the day is up. So you haven't missed your chance. Try to get every chance that you can to ensure that you have the best opportunity to win the money and tickets that we have for you. All right, listen up. Before we do Lesson Question Trash and Music News, because we had Chris Davison here a little while ago, just a moment ago, uh, we set aside the Bizarre file. So we need to do that. Uh-huh. A little shorter version, but we're going to do it now. No. Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre Brought to you this morning by A.D. Moyer Lumber, trusted expert since 1939. A.D. Moyer Lumber is your professional source for decks, windows, doors, kitchens, millwork, and more. You can visit them on the web at admoyer.com. Uh, how about Sorry, this? we have to move on. No, 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 no. Give me a minute. <laughs> shoplifting is against the law. It's generally not good, not a good idea to shoplift an item that requires assembly and then to use the sidewalk in front of the store from which the item has been shoplifted to assemble the item. Uh, was it an Ikea? No. It was, I believe it was a Walmart. No, it was a Target. And they're building it? <laughs> Kathy, that's disgraceful. That is disgraceful. Building it right outside. A 28-year-old transient did this on Monday, shoplifting a $540 Razor Brand electric scooter. <laughs> oh, my God. 
ended up at the county jail on two misdemeanor counts. At least uh, take it around back. Uh, the deputy uh, said that since he was homeless, he didn't have, or he told the deputy since he was homeless, he didn't have a way to get around. So he needed a ride, and he lifted one. Court records indicated the man was driving until 2018. If illegally, he has uh, numerous arrests for driving on a suspended or revoked license. He was also in drug court several years ago, and last year was convicted of third-degree felony for cocaine possession, serving a few months in jail for it. But now he decided stealing a $540 electric scooter and and putting it together in front of the store was the best way to go. Uh, he is uh, in jail at the Steve, moment. Steve, did you just say, like, like all oh, when he said he was homeless? Yeah. Like, Steve was kind of like, you know, just let him have it. Just it's, have it. It's all right. I mean, it's still illegal and it's sad and everything, but, but. The, you know. <laughs> and Kathy, it's Target. So it's, it's Target. <laughs> you, you like Target. They make enough money. A man yeah. in China has gone viral on Chinese social media for spending an entire night kneeling in the rain to beg his ex-lover to take him back. According to Yahoo News, the unidentified man spent 21 hours on his knees with a bouquet of flowers outside his ex-girlfriend's office building. It's like the worst Nicholas Sparks novel ever. I know. And she's just going, oh, no, no, No. please. Just steal a scooter and get out of here. As as he begged for his ex to take him back, locals gathered around him to, uh, to film him and urge him to get up from his knees. I've never loved you. You always have wet knees. Uh, a man said uh, many of us tried to talk him into leaving. He said it's not necessary to keep on kneeling. Attention. The girlfriend is not willing to show up but you are still here losing face. Get, get away. Give me ten more minutes. Uh, when officers approached him, the man reportedly said, is it illegal for me to kneel down here? If it is not illegal, please leave me alone. Mm. No word on whether or not she took him back. Can make a hell of a movie. Well, this has a happy ending to it. A British dog with an alcohol dependency has kicked the habit. In a rare case, a Labrador mix named Coco had un- had to undergo treatment for alcoholism. Woof, ap- woof, bark, bark. After his owner passed away. Uh. Uh, it's suspected that the owner habitually left containers of alcohol out before going to sleep. And so inadvertently turned the dog into an alky. Which Coco then consumed. Following his owner's passing, Coco was taken to the Woodside Animal Welfare Trust where he received intensive care. Did, uh, did he walk into a room and some of his dog friends were sitting around in a circle? Yeah, I think that was it. And uh, they oh had, no, oh uh, no, no. Uh, Coco is off all medic uh, is off all medication now. Is starting to behave like a normal dog. The trust wrote. Uh, while Coco is not ready to be adopted, it appears there's no shortage of commenters willing to take him home. Instead of a coin present every year, they get a jerky treat when he is ready. A group of men who had taken magic mushrooms during a visit had to be led to safety, according to rescuers. Uh, Keswick Mountain Rescue said that it was called to Newlands Valley on Saturday to aid a group of young men who had taken the hallucinogenic fungi. Whoa! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Oh, Two in the group were uh, feeling unwell and had to, be <laughs> had to be walked down the valley and given advice by the team medic. Uh, the rescue took two hours and involved 11 team members. Wow. A spokesperson for the rescue team said a number of calls were received via passersby who had come across a group of young adult males who had taken magic mushrooms. <laughs> two in the group were feeling unwell, including the driver in the party. 
Uh, the casualties were walked down and given advice by the team medic regarding their onward travel. So and, do shrooms deliver the, the most loopy response? Probably not. I would think acid would. Acid, yeah. Uh, I yeah, know. but I mean, it comes on pretty quick. All um, right. But yeah, you have other things like DMT and stuff okay. like that that... That are a little dicier. <laughs> All right, and there you go. We'll wrap up uh, the B-File right then and there, my friend. All right, so today's lesson question, we are going to give away a $50 gift card to Manhattan Bagel. If you can answer this <laughs> correctly, do you know which one I'm going to ask, Nick? No, because I laughed at all four of them. Okay. Um, instead of Nell giving a rose okay. on the bachelorette, <laughs> she'll do what? <laughs> All right, 215-263-WMMR. That's from around 7 o'clock this morning. Instead of giving Nell a rose on the Bachelorette, or she she would give you a rose. Instead of Nell giving you a rose on the Bachelorette, she'll do what instead, all right? (laughs) 215-263-WMMR. If you heard that, please call. Because we have a great prize up for grabs, and we're going to do the trash while you call in. The trash business is a gold. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, brought to you by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. You can join Nick McElwain and Team Luke in the LLS Big Climb Philly on Saturday, May 6th at Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, visit WMMR.com backslash Big Climb to register or donate. What's up this morning, Steve? Well, TMZ obtaining photos of Michael the Situation Sorrentino and Nicole Snooky Polizzi in Florida. The now much older Jersey Shore cast members are reportedly shooting a new series called Tampa Assisted Living. Yeah. Hey! The WWE apologizing on Friday for accidentally showing a photograph of the Auschwitz concentration camp during a WrestleMania promotion. Oh, my God. Vince McMahon assured members of the Simon Wiesenthal Center that his wrestlers are always committed to beating up concentration camps. Oh, my God. And finally, Michael Jordan's $15 million mansion was broken into by an 18-year-old thief named Raider Hagedorn. Apparently, Hagedorn got so lost in the 56,000-square-foot home that he attempted to have an Uber drive him to the front door. <laughs> 56,000. That's insane. Crazy. And that's your Hollywood track. All righty. We'll see if we can get an answer to the lesson question this morning. Uh, Instead of uh, Nell giving a rose on the Bachelorette, she'll do what? (laughs) 215-263-WMMR. And we are going to go to Carl to see if we can get the answer. Hey, Carl, good morning. Good morning, Preston. How are you today? Great, Carl. Okay. Oh, I got something for you, Carl. Hold on. Carl! Good to see you! (laughs) One more time, Case? Oh, sorry. I... Carl, good to see you. <laughs> All right, Carl, uh, instead of Nell giving you a rose on the bachelorette, she'll do what? She'll pee in your hand. Pee in your hand. Yes. Hang on, Carl. We are going to give you a $50 gift card to Manhattan Bagel, where sandwiches are always made to order with real fresh cracked eggs on the grill and authentic New York style bagels. You can order ahead at ManhattanBagel.com. I thought you were going to have a clip from um, Walking Dead where he'd always go, Carl! Uh-huh. Coral. <laughs> All right, let's do music news. Now, Preston and Steve's music news on 93.3 WMMR. You know what I love? Meat. All right, it's brought to you by PGW. Improve the comfort of your home and lower energy bills with the PGW Energy Sense rebate up to $1,400 in savings with new home heating equipment. You can learn more at PGWEnergySense.com. All right, this is a fun story to start with. Metallica is challenging 
marching bands at all levels to craft the most exciting, unique, and impressive performances of Metallica's music. <laughs> this is a great idea. Funny. It is a wonderful well, idea. We, you've had something Dude. that we're working on here, and hopefully we can make it happen. Well, Bill doesn't like the idea. I, uh, he I likes think it for Metallica. I think he. I think he's uh, swayable on this. I, I think. Hope you so, know what? Man. I think we won him over initially with our ambulance service earlier okay. today. Right. And I think now he's on board. All right. Well, anyhow, uh, bands who enter the competition will have access to a library of marching band charts for Metallica's songs provided by Hal Leonard via sheet music. From Barney Miller? Uh, no, no, no. Hal Leonard is a, uh, oh, a well-known. Um, Hal they, they transcribe uh, music and, oh. and write it out in sheet music. I've got I've got a couple of Hal Leonard uh, guitar books at home. Do you? Uh, but uh, anyhow, yeah, they they transcribe music for you and they have sheet music printed up, so you can check it out. So you can go to sheetmusicdirect.com. Uh, the bands with the best performances are going to win musical equipment for their school program. Brilliant. Uh, furnished by Metallica and their sponsors. It's great. I love, I love it. it. Yep. This is an everybody wins situation. Uh, Metallica gets even you know more PR. Uh, the schools get much needed equipment. And we get some cool versions of Metallica songs. I love we, it. We need to see if we can work something like this. Yes. Uh, their winners will be selected in five categories. Now, I don't have all the categories here, but there is a fan favorite and there is a collegiate uh, across all divisions and a and I believe a high school. Let's uh, just, I'm not sure what the other ones are. Let's just claim we came up with this. Okay, we can yeah. do that. Right. Uh, video submissions are due by November 16th and voting will begin on November 17th. Winners will be selected on December 1st. High school and collegiate winners will be narrowed down to five finalists by professional judges, and then Metallica will select the final prize winners in each category. Fan favorite winners will be the result of fan voting. So the available songs include Enter Sandman, Master of Puppets, uh, One Fuel, Lux, and uh, uh, Lux Eterna, uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls, Creeping Death, Fade to Black, Wherever I May Roam, Sad But True, Seek and Destroy, The Unforgiven, and Hit the Lights. Nothing so, from the Lou Reed album? N- I, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea, but those are the ones that are available. That's a good selection. And you can go to WMMR.com if you missed uh, the contact info, and we've got links to that and all that stuff that you can uh, you can get signed up for that, but it's a great idea. Uh, eventually, there are several... Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, not... Eventually, evidently, there are several complete collaborations between EZE from NWA huh? and Guns N' Roses. Really? Rockthembells.com spoke with EZE's longtime friend and associate, uh, Arnold Big A White, who shed light on the unlikely team up, recalling uh, there is unreleased music still out there. We know for a fact that he had two or three or four reels in his car when he went to the hospital. Those when did this reel- occur? Um, it would have been, he died in 1995. Yeah. Uh, so he said he had songs with Guns N' Roses on those reels. Wow. Uh, he said he had songs with Slash and Guns N' Roses. Those reels uh, came up missing. Uh, White went on to explain that the elements to the collaboration remains strewn all over the place. He said huh. those reels have been, have been found because they wound up in Canada that's a whole other story, he said, but what happened to them since, I don't know. Those are reels. I don't know <laughs> if the estate got them, but there is unreleased music, and uh, producer uh, Yella has some, and I know for a fact that there is some unreleased acapella vocals that he was working on, uh, some records with a couple of producers I worked with, and last I heard is that they were up in Dre's studio. 
So, very interesting. I, I don't know if that stuff will ever surface or not. So, Eze died from AIDS-induced pneumonia uh, in March of 1995. He was only 30 years old. And then one last story, and unfortunately, I didn't do... Uh, I didn't dig and get this, uh, but uh, 311 has shared their officially sped-up version of Amber amid the song. Apparently, it's gaining momentum on, on TikTok. TikTok. Oh. They do it all the time. So, they did it with the... the uh, the Lady Gaga song they sped up for the um, Wednesday, mm-hmm. the dance scene. So yep. yeah, I, 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 what, can we do? Marissa, will get I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Hexum of Three Eleven commented on the decision to follow suit with an official version. So they've now come out with this official version. Uh, he said, "My daughters keep showing me TikToks of their friends making videos to Amber. They seem to like it more sped up." And he said, I'm like, whatever floats your boat. How would that work? So if you were doing, if you speed it up and you use it on a TikTok video, is that parody or, uh, in other words, That's what, are, you, what are your because... legal obligations for use of that music? So here's the deal. When I was, uh, when I was flirting around doing um, drum videos, I was doing drum cover videos, um, I did read about using, unli- or using yeah. licensed music. And there is a, um, there's a method of which that if you speed it up enough, that it, the, uh, the, uh, the the detectors, if you will, right. that well, are set well. in mm-hmm. place to pick up on that music will not pick up on it because it's changed in frequency and speed and all that stuff a little bit. Now, I got to figure out that by now they figured out a way to, right. to do that. I yeah. don't know. Uh, but I guess maybe that's a good question, Steve. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I don't have an answer. Whenever I've it. done videos for YouTube, uh, you know, and like with the comic book gurus, which we'll be doing some new ones, uh, anything that had any bit of audio was always problematic. Anything. Uh, so... Soundtrack music from a movie clip, if you know, and you think, oh, I must get at least a couple of seconds. No, it could be like two seconds, and it gets flagged. That's why on YouTube, when we're doing our our live streaming, uh, if we play any clips of songs, yeah, um, we have to cut away from that uh, because they they, they'll ding you. Yeah, dinging bastard, ding a ding a, yeah, ding a ding a ding a, ding a stay. Uh, Marissa, oh, yeah, she's got, got it. Yeah. Right. So this is, uh, this, that's how fast she works. She's so awesome. It's incredible. No dingy dingy there. No, no, Marissa's not a dinga. She's a dunga. <laughs> she's a doer, not a dinga. Know. Here she we done go. did it. Yeah. She <laughs> ding dirty. Ding dirty her. She's, she's a grower, not a shower. Wow. All right. Mm. She's not even growing. She's kind of tiny. She's very tiny. Uh, but she showed us that she can yeah, do this. That she can grow. All right, here we go. <laughs> Video. Yeah. I want to pitch that up a little bit more. Oh, okay. I just want to see what it sounds like. Never left before. All right, you, you hit it when you're ready to go. Yeah, I got you. All right. So, is going to speed this up just a tiny bit. Not going to speed it up. I'm going to I'm going to pitch it up. I'm going to pitch it up by three. Nope. Four. Four. All right. All right. Let's see what happens here. Okay. It might have been too much. All right. All right. Uh, Whenever you're ready, you you begin it. Okay. Uh, 
Okay. Whoa. I don't even know we could do that. Yeah. That's a little more fun. Okay. That is the last bit of information I have for you in music news this morning. We are going to take a break. We will return in a moment and get you the letter of the day for the Word of the Week prize. We'll also give away our Tattoos Day gift certificate. So if you haven't texted Tattoo to 39333, do it now or forever hold your peace. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, everyone. It's Kathy Romano. Spring is here. Now let's get that ponytail ready for the chopping block for Kathy's Cuts. We're supporting Wigs for Kids and helping children look themselves and live their lives. Donate your hair to Wigs for Kids on Monday, May 1st. Go to PrestonAndSteve.com. Make sure you meet the new minimum requirement of 14 inches of hair. Then make an appointment to join us on May 1st. You'll receive a new short hairstyle by the amazing stylists at Gravity Hair Salon in Ambler and Vibe Salon in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Donors will also get refreshments from Duncan, a Kathy's Cuts t-shirt, and a gift bag from True Beauty Concepts. Don't wait. Go to PrestonAndSteve.com to sign up. Kathy's Cuts, benefiting wigs for kids from 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. All right, 10.50. On a Tuesday morning, as we are coming to a close for the day. And what a day it has been. A uh, lot of good conversation on the program. And in that, uh, it came in the form of a couple of interviews and some chit-chats among us, amongst us all, including you. And we appreciate that. And I would also like to thank our guests. We had May Pang on hey, earlier this morning. Wasn't she great? Oh, she was wonderful. Real easy to talk to. Yeah. And plenty of stories to share. Uh, she'll be sharing more of those. At an event that is taking place this weekend, Saturday and Sunday at City Winery. Uh, and it's called The Lost Weekend, The Photography of May Pang. And there is also a documentary called The Lost Weekend, A Love Story, uh, which is coming out, I believe, this weekend. I think so, yeah. It's at, was that, she mentioned two theater locations. Yeah, The Ritz and she, I think KFP. Uh, I think the, uh, she said the, um, at uh, Oaks, uh, uh, the Regal. If you go to thelostweekendtickets.com, you can find the information there, unless awesome. Marissa put it up on uh, PrestonandSteve.com. She says thumbs up. Okay, she did, yeah, definitely. Go to PrestonandSteve.com for all that information. So it was really cool. Some interesting stuff to talk about. And then a uh, really cool guy, Chris Davis, came by. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's playing George Foreman in the movie Big George Foreman, the miraculous story of the once future heavyweight champion in the world. And he He's from Camden, New Jersey. It was really cool to have him by here. So yeah. that opens on April 28th. It was a, a full program today. So uh, And we're remaining. The, our cup runneth over. Yes. As far as fullness go. Yeah. Goes yeah, with, cup. with Mr. Uh, Pierre Robert walking in here. Good day. Hey, man. How you doing? Uh, that gentleman, uh, he was so well-spoken, um, but he always referred to George Foreman as Mr. Foreman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very like respectful. Mr. Sinatra. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you, uh, not, uh, almost no one could call Frank Frank. Right. Uh, uh, except for Rickles. Except for Rickles. <laughs> yes. You know, and Dean. I mean, the Rat Pack could call him Frank. But, um, you know, almost everyone else, his wife called him Mr. Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, I liked how he just kept saying Mr. Yeah. Foreman. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, definitely a level of respect, which is cool. Yeah, but he was so well-spoken. I, I, I'm I, not a fan of uh, fight movies, even, um, uh, you know. Rocky? Well, I, I did see Rocky. Right. 
I had never saw another one after Rocky. You know what you like? Rocky. I think it's a, it's a wonderful movie. Uh, Cinderella Man. Cinderella mm, Man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a good one. Okay. Yeah. A, a story. Uh, it's 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 like um, has a sea biscuit vibe to it because it's okay. actually horses boxing. No. So, it's it, it's a very cool story. Yeah. It's, I think Cinderella turns into a man and then becomes a boxer. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> All right, so you ready for the letter, man? Oh, do. Oh, do. Oh, 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 God, God, do. Oh, this. That's a great play, Casey. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, the Preston and Steve <laughs> show is brought to you today by the letter... O as in... Oh, do. Oh, do. Oh, dear. No, All right. So We're going to give away a four-pack of front-row tickets with uh, the early access pit passes uh, for Monster Jam this Saturday, April 15th at Lincoln Financial Field. Experience full throttle family fun at Monster Jam, where world-class athletes and their 12,000-pound monster trucks are going to tear up the dirt in wide-open competitions of speed and skill. And tickets and information are available at monsterjam.com, by the way. Uh, what's happening program-wise today? I loved um, earlier when you referenced the Preston Steve potential ambulance service <laughs> with uh, Jackie being the driver and I being the navigator, uh, the GPS, and a lot of oh dears as the sirens are going. <laughs> right. uh, it could work. Uh, it could work. It, it could, could work really badly, but yes. it could work. Um, on the program today, we have uh, more opportunities for dough, speaking of dough, um, at noon and at 3 p.m. Uh, at noon uh, with me be- before the workforce box. And then at 3, Brent and I share a, uh, a, you know, a word that we will uh, mention. And you'll have that uh, opportunity to call in for concert cash and concert tickets uh, for the MMRBQ. On the workforce box, we've got the Struts, Steely Dan, <laughs> and Lincoln Park today. Awesome. Oh, I awesome. love it. All right. Uh, let me thank the sponsors of this program. Uh, I recognize wait, wait, this wait, music. wait, 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 wait. But we have to do this first. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yep, Tattoo's Day. Yep. Apologies. We have a winner. And that winner is Chris McLean from Philadelphia. Oh. Chris is going to get himself a $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. And uh, you can check them out today. Their artwork, you can either see them in person at 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. Or for uh, a view of some samples, you can visit FloatingWorldTattoos.com or check them out on Instagram at FloatingWorldTattoos. Now, the music a third time. (laughs) The Preston Steve Show. Is brought to you today by Duncan. The President Steve Show runs on Duncan. Also brought to you by SEPTA. SEPTA offers a variety of career opportunities. You can visit job.septa.org to apply today. Tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, that means we got our Wednesday stuff. Fox Good Day, Secret Text Word, and more chances for you to win money and tickets with MMR's Concert Cash. And we'll have a bunch of other good things, too. That's it. We're done. Rage on and have a great day. And we'll see you tomorrow, my friend. What if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala 
Tavala is a first-of-its-kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala Smart Oven, while the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook. Just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify mealtime today with Tavala. Go to Tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala Smart Oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T-O-V-A-L-A.com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala. Eat well effortlessly. Tavala.com.